We want the public to know who we are, to have trust and confidence in what we're doing to cut serious and organised crime in their neighbourhoods and at a national and international level. We'll have international reach. We're going to focus on cyber, dealing with those people, enable serious and organised crime to take place. This is a distinctively UK-wide approach, distinctively different and very much focused on cutting serious and organised crime. Meanwhile, more police officers in Milton Keynes will be carrying tasers from today. Before now, only firearms officers were allowed to use the devices. A baby clinic in Wolverton could be forced to close. The town's new health centre was going to home the facility when the old centre closed, but a seminar room has been included instead. Mothers in the town are unhappy they'll have to take their children to New Bradwell and Fuller's Slade. I think this is going to be a massive uh, effect on mums in the local area. Our town is getting bigger as the years go on. It's such an important facility that we need in the area to make sure mums get the help they need You know, at this very important time. The government is being accused of failing people with eating disorders, with some patients having to wait long periods before getting treatment. While there are waiting time targets for physical health problems, mental health issues are currently excluded. Catherine Burns reports. Patients with physical health problems have a legal right to start treatment within 18 weeks, but there's no such promise for mental health issues. The charity Beat asked 331 people who've had outpatient treatment for eating disorders how long they waited to get help. In sport, Arsenal atop of the Premiership on goals scored after a one-all draw against West Brom. And in rugby, the Bedford Blues lost by 27 points to 45 against Bristol in the Championship. And the weather today will be dry and sunny. Top temperatures around 20 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Did you miss me when I... Oh, no, you can't sing him anymore. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I do apologise to all James Whale fans. He's gone back in his Luke Goss-shaped box. Thank you, James, for filling in and filling in at short notice at various times. I thought, literally, on Tuesday and Wednesday... Well, literally, Wednesday more. Literally no noise coming out of my mouth at all. My boys thought it was hilarious. No, go on, Dad, I talk properly. I'm talking properly. No, no noise coming out at all. I'm still a little bit husky in various places, and I can't do my famous falsettos anymore. So there'll be none of those. And then Thursday, I woke up, and I was fine. I thought, oh, OK, I'll pop back in on Friday, do a few hours, then bunk off. And by Thursday afternoon, my voice was going again. Felt fine, I had a blinding headache all week, but apart from that, fine. Oh, I treated myself, I treated myself to a wonderful hour-long Thai massage. I had a tiny woman walking on my back. No, 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 no. Felt good at the end, not that good. I had a woman walking on my back. It was amazing. I've never had that before. Anyway, lots coming up on the show today, including... More tasers in Milton Keynes, fewer police investigating organised crime, and are you happy to have Splashback? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555. Whenever I've had some time away, it always takes a little while to kind of get things up and running again. So bear with me. Be patient, won't you? Thank you.
Let a German song come on, but I thought this morning we'd do something special. We'd do something special. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's something from today. More police officers in Milton Keynes will be equipped with tasers. Thames Valley Police are increasing the number of officers trained to use the equipment capable of stunning a suspect with 50,000 volts. Well, before now, only firearms officers were allowed to use them. So what's changed? Well, Sophie Soleri has been studying this story in depth. Sophie, what exactly is happening? Ian, in detail, earlier this year, Thames Valley Police announced that they would be doubling the amount of officers trained and issued with tasers. Until now, only firearms officers could carry tasers, but that has now been extended to include any other officer who has been specifically trained. This means that the total of officers trained to use tasers in the Thames Valley will go up to from 205 to 485. The increase will see the total proportion of officers trained to use tasers go up to 11%. That's in line with the national average of 11.5%. The rollout of this proposal in Milton Keynes begins tomorrow, meaning the devices and trained officers will be able to use the equipment at any time necessary. Uh, And what's changed from before? As I said now, um, only firearms officers were allowed to carry and use tasers. Thames Valley are also one of the last police forces to relax their policy on tasers. It means all but four forces now allow non-firearms officers to use the devices. What this means is that the police officers who have been selected and trained to use tasers will be able to carry them and use them when appropriate. Therefore, if officers need to use tasers, they won't have to wait for firearms officers to be called. Local Policing Commander Superintendent Barry Halliday has said they are pleased that they are now in position in a position where they can start to use the devices and he's sure that the that using them in the Milton Keynes area they'll be able to protect the community and further prevent crime in the area also. Uh, uh, What's reaction been like to this news? At the time of the announcement in January Amnesty International's UK's arms uh, program editor has said that given that Thames Valley is one of the last forces across the UK to extend the use of tasers uh, wider than its firearms officers they are clearly aware of the severity of the consequences attached to deploy this weapon. But head of the rollout local uh, policing commissioner, Barry 
um, Superintendent Barry Halliday stressed that the use of taser devices will only be considered where it's deemed necessary and appropriate to the behaviour of the officer's encounter and evidence suggests that the threat of using the devices is more often um, than not make, it makes me people compa- um, compa- complacent and reduces the threat of harm and violence. Sophie, thank you very much indeed. Well, uh, we'll hear from the uh, hear the views of the Thames Valley Police Federation to hear what rank and file police officers make of that decision and also hear again from Amnesty International about their concerns. So that starts today. Police officers in Milton Keynes, more of them will be carrying tasers. How do you feel about that? Does that make you feel safe? The permission to speak freely. Thank you. I will. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with this, but I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm just used to our police officers not being armed and tasers, tasers is arming them to a certain extent. I have no serious, strong argument as to why I feel uncomfortable with it. I, it's just a feeling. Can you help me work it out? 08459 455 555. Why do I feel a bit uncomfortable about police having tasers and how do you feel about it? Let's talk about it, shall we, after Billy Joel.
Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555 is the phone number if you want to give us a call uh, and let me know what your views are on the police in Milton Keynes. More police, not all of them, let's not get carried away, but more police in Milton Keynes will be carrying tasers. Does that make you feel safer? Or does it concern you? It concerns me slightly, but I don't know why. I don't know why it makes me feel uncomfortable. There's something about it that, hey, it might reduce crime. That's a good thing, isn't it? Isn't it? So why do I feel so uncomfortable about it? 08459 455 555. It's a quarter past six or thence about. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers Ian, good morning. Taking a look at the cameras on the motorways and we've got problems on the M25. Anti-clockwise, two lanes are closed. This is an overturned car between Enfield and Potter's Bar, junctions 25 and 24. It's slow all the way back to the M11 at junction 27. They had to hold all traffic for a short time just after the Homesdale Tunnel, but now one lane is open past the scene. We've had a few calls on that early this morning. Thank you to everyone who's already been ringing in. If you're travelling by train, East Midlands trains have got problems further up their lines, overrunning engineering works between Leicester and Market Harbour. This means that northbound trains at the moment are having to divert via Corby. They'll be missing out Market Harbour station and adding delays of about half an hour to your journey. Services coming down toward London and in towards St Pancras, they seem to be running okay for the time being. If you can update us, 08459 455 555. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. It's 6.16. It's Monday the 7th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The number of people getting home care for just 15 minutes has gone up, according to Leonard Cheshire Disability. More police officers in Milton Keynes will be carrying tasers from today. And a baby clinic in Wolverton could be forced to close because it's not being given space in the town's new health centre. Weather for today will be misty at first, but dry and sunny throughout the day. Coming up, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, Ollie Martins, will be in the studio talking about the launch of a new way of policing serious and organised crime. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... 30 years ago, Doug Moody set up the Green Bank Music School in Luton with a philosophy that music should be fun. It was getting other people involved, um, just doing everything. I'm just a person that just loves to do things. Nick Coffer. EOS have decided that for their September show, they'll be performing their version of the Tony Award-winning musical Rent. 525,600 minutes. Quirkology follows the clumsy, endearing life of Rupert Quirk. A lot of people have actually said, you know, he's just uh, an exaggerated version of yourself. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 555555 is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call, you can also uh, send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Now, today sees the launch of a new way of policing serious and organised crime. The National Crime Agency is being compared to the FBI in America in that it will work with regional police forces as well and uh, and similar organisations abroad to specialise in organised economic and cybercrime border policing and child protection. There'll be fewer officers in the NCA than there are in its predecessor, SOCA, but we're being told, SOCA, but we're being told they will be more visible. Well, Ollie Martins is the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire and joins me now. What, what exactly is this, Ollie? Well, in some ways, it's a bit of a rebranding exercise because, as you just said, we've got the we've had the serious and organised crime agency operating previously, uh, and the National Crime Agency now takes over where soccer left off. Um, but also is getting responsibility for border policing, uh, child exploitation and uh, online protection and economic crime. Is it going to affect the the man and indeed the woman in the street? Are we going to see any difference? Well, I mean, the government are saying that we will because they want the uh, NCA to have a more active sort of policing approach and to be more visible than soccer were. So soccer had a more be- behind-the-scenes approach, providing intelligence for uh, for the local uh, the local police forces. Whereas uh, it looks like the NCA are going to be more involved on the front line themselves. But, but, but when you say more visible, what, what is that? Branded jackets, or the caps looks, with their logo it looks on? Like it, yes. I mean, um, Keith Bristow, the uh, the chief of the NCA, is saying that. Uh, uh, describing the NCA as uh, sort of FBI, uh, UK version of the Federal uh, Bureau of Investigation in the States, uh, who, who are also kind of fairly visible with jackets and so on, um, is not inaccurate shorthand for what the NCA and, and how they will be operating. It's, it seems very American, doesn't it? It does, but um, 
you know, I mean, there there are some serious risks out there, um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of looking forward to uh, to having the NCA support in in dealing with some of those risks. The, the nationalisation of services is this a trend we can expect to continue within the police? Well, as I say, this is really a, a rebranding exercise. Um, and, you know, it is a, a bit of a concern that the NCA is going to be operating with less of a budget than the uh, the agencies it's taking over from had. Um, so, you know, I don't think we're going to... I don't think the change is going to be that dramatic. Very quickly, Ollie, can we talk about the, the collaboration of work between yourselves and Hertfordshire Police? What's happening there? Are you doing much together? Well, we're still talking to one another. I... I st- I still, uh, I'd still describe myself as a friend of David Lloyd, and uh, you know we're we're still talking about the future. But is anything and, happening? And You've been talking for a while, haven't you? Well, I mean, we're we're proceeding uh, uh, at a pace with um, the collaboration that we're having with Cambridgeshire, but uh, we have the existing collaboration in terms of what we call joint protective services, so firearms, dogs, traffic policing, major crime unit. Um, that that's still there, uh, collaborated between the three forces. Um, and I very much hope that, that Hertfordshire will be part of what we do in the future as well, albeit that, uh, that Cambridgeshire and Bedfordshire um, sort of will be collaborated by next April. Ollie, thank you very much indeed. Ollie Martins, Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire. <laughs> a huge Beach Boys thing at the moment as if that changes your life one jot so page three of the sun two things on page three strike me as odd I didn't mean it to sound like an innuendo but it does and it's appropriate one is the page three girl Lucy from 23 is not your normal shaped page three girl she's rather more curvaceous and I think it's great that women of all shapes and sizes can be exploited by the sun well done them
But then on page three, you go to the other side of page three, uh, there's, there's a, a, a woman who obviously suffers from some sort of mental um, illness, some kind of mental condition, a psychological condition. Condition makes 28 stone mum eat cake during sex. So I, w- I would suggest, with my limited uh, knowledge, that she's probably a food addict. Uh, she obviously has some kind of self-esteem issues that, that means that um, she can't be happy with the way she presents herself, so she kind of eats more and indulges in more. Uh, supersized Sammy Matthews gets so... This is the, the, the sensitive way the son deal with mental illness. Supersized Sammy Matthews gets so turned on by cakes, she even scoffs donuts during sex. Just looking at pastries makes the 28-stone mum go weak at the knees. Sammy, 42, said, When I walk into a bakery, the smell drives me wild. I have to call my boyfriend for sex. Well, I feel sorry for the staff in Greg's. To be honest, if that's the case... It's a huge turn-on for me to be eating delicious cakes or donuts while making love. It gives me the most amazing orgasms. I don't know if I can say that on Breakfast Radio. Just said it. That, that's, the, that's the test case, my lud. There's something about the smell, flavour and texture which makes it so thrilling. Um, her fetish for cookie nookie. Anyway, basically, this woman's not very well and the son of... of, 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 of uh, uh, treated it with the the respect they think it deserves by um, listing five things that she could eat that um, tie in with a fat woman being turned on by food. I'm not saying this for laughs, I genuinely think this is a little bit out of order. Lashings of whipped cream, buttered crumpet, spotted dick, bangers or hobnobs. That's the sun. And we were being told the mail was bad for our kids at the weekend. Huh? Huh? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get get that there. Travel, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Keeping a close eye on the motorway cameras this morning, it is a very foggy and misty start in places, particularly on the M40 from High Wycombe down toward London, on the M1 as well, past Luton and Dunstable and Hemel and down toward the M25, and even on and around the M25 it's looking like a very misty and foggy start out there on the cameras. On the M25 we have problems anti-clockwise, two lanes are closed, this is an overturned car which is being recovered now between Enfield and Potter's Bar, junctions 25 and 24 going into the roadwork section. That is slow well back into Essex. All traffic was held for a short while, it's just one lane open past the scene which is why it's so busy. Aylesbury Road, the A418 in Wing. We've had reports of an accident at Church Street. These are just initial reports coming in. Police are on their way now to investigate. No details yet as to what's involved or whether or not the road is actually blocked. And we've got these problems for East Midlands trains. Disruption between East Midlands Parkway and St Pancras. It's because of overrunning engineering works up their lines between Leicester and Market Harbour. Northbound trains are having to divert via Corby, so if you need to get to Market Harbour station at the minute, you can't. And there are delays of up to half an hour. Some services down to London are coming through a little late around Luton and Bedford as well. If you can update us, if you get caught up in a problem, 08459 455 555. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half 
past six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, the number of people who see carers for just 15 minutes has gone up, according to Leonard Cheshire Disability. It says two-thirds of councils allow 15-minute home care visits, despite concerns they're not long enough. A new organisation's being launched to tackle the threat from organised criminal gangs. The National Crime Agency will also deal with border policing, child protection and cybercrime. And a baby clinic in Wolverton could be forced to close. It's not being given space in the town's new health centre. The weather will be misty at first but staying dry and sunny throughout the day. Top temperatures around 20 degrees Celsius. That's 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Football first and Arsenal the top of the Premier League table on goals difference after a one-all draw with West Brom. The Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger is pleased with their 11-match unbeaten run. West Brom uh, confirmed today the great performance they had at Man United last week and uh, one nil down was a hell of a task for us to come back. They've shown character and you would say that overall uh, the draw is a fair result uh, of a very good game. But uh, in the last half an hour, I think we had the chances to score second. Luton Town say they need the support of all their fans if they're to gain promotion this season. The Hatters invited a supporter into their after-match huddle following the 4-3 win over Halifax on Saturday. Coach Haken Heretin explains why they allowed Mark Baldwin to be there. We have an ethos that if we're going to do something, we need everybody on side. The supporters, you know, and John instills this in every team that he goes to. The person that sells the, the tickets, the person that cleans the turnstiles, everybody, but everybody's got to be singing off the same sheet, and that includes the supporters. We want them behind us 100%. If we're going to be successful, they've got to play their part. And we're just showing them that we appreciate everything they do for us on a Saturday and, and a midweek game. So, you know, they play their part. And the Hatters are now preparing for tomorrow's conference trip to Aldershot. The MK Dons and Stevenage, who both lost on Saturday, are getting ready for their JPT Cup showdown, while Wickham take on Bristol City tomorrow. Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth Formula One world title after winning the Korean Grand Prix. Vettel took the chequered flag in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull to stretch his lead to 77 points in the Drivers' Championship. Jonathan Ledgard describes the closing stages of the race. Sebastian Sebastian Vettel, this has been another faultless performance. He was a winner in Belgium, he was a winner in Italy, he was a winner in Singapore, and he's crossing the line now. He's a winner in Korea. It's a hatching of victories. He's now stretched his lead in the championship. This is a four-time world champion in waiting. And finally, in rugby, the Bedford Blues lost by 27 points to 45 against Bristol in the championship yesterday. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 7 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the phone number. It's Ian Lee. Thank you to James Whale for sitting in uh, for me last week. Much appreciated. Although, let's be honest, he didn't do it for free. He was getting paid, wasn't he, Catherine? Yes, and he was worth every penny. Well, good, he's good. I like James Well. He's he's um, he's excellent. And I like the fact that he finally pulled up Gareth on his ridiculous haircut. We've all been saying it behind his back in the office. No, hang on a second. We've all been thinking it quietly to ourselves and then sending emails and instant messages to each other in the office, but no one has had the balls to say it, except no. for James Whale. Yeah. Does anyone else remember Fido Dido? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a flat top. He used to advertise 7-Up, didn't he? He did. Mm. 
Catherine Boyle is uh, here. Hi. Hi there. You've got the newspapers. I have, yeah. What's happening in the world? I've, I've literally, last week, I saw no news, I read no news, I did no news. Do you want front pages or shall I, or shall I dive in? Do get whatever you fancy. Well, I saw this. You know, disgraced ex-Italian PM Silvio Berlusconi, oh, famous for his bunga bunga parties. Yes. He's going to do um, 12 months community service as punishment for tax fraud. Really? That will be hilarious. So he'll be like picking up litter, escorting prostitutes home. Well, he faces tasks such as cutting grass in parks and picking up litter. Oh. I get the feeling he'll manage to get out of that one. He ain't never going to do that. No. He's never going to do that. No. But I, that'll teach him. I miss and, uh, him and his slimy, greasy hair and his uh, low sexual morals. We need more of that in Italian politics. Well, as far as I could understand, that um, the Italians thought he was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, then I'm not sure they're laughing anymore, but they did. They did. They, hilarious caricature of a They politician. did think that he was a little. Oh, it's just a little bit of fun having sex with. Did he have sex with an underage prostitute? Mm. I don't. Before I get myself into a legal quagmire that I don't w- want to particularly be in. There were rumours. There were rumours. Which is a fantastic record. What else have you got? Um, another thing that I've uh, seen that yeah. I thought was quite interesting. Which is Paul McCartney sacked somebody. What? Um, yeah, you know the Mull of Kintyre, made famous by the fantastic bab- bagpipe-led tune. Which, which song was that? Mull of Kintyre. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, he had a house there, and they lived there for some 20 years, and it was one of his happiest places with Linda, but apparently it was being... Um, it, it was getting away from the elderly caretaker, so right. uh, he's got away from his job. Now, but So is the, pa- the paper is outraged by the fact that Paul McCartney sacked someone. According to Cull of Kintyre. Clever, very nice. It's got, it's got a, a whole full page as well, which strikes yeah. me as odd. But if he wasn't doing his job, this fella, then th- surely McCartney's in the right to sack him, isn't he? It's believed to state manager Bob... Oh, I thought, he's only 52. I thought we were talking about someone very, very elderly, the way they were going. <laughs> it's just some he's slacker. 52. He's been given his marching orders after 35 years in the job. Oh, that's the estate manager as well. No. Uh, what? Hang on. Now, listen. You, come on. Get the, your... No, actually, the bloke has been sacked. He's only 50. He's oh. been there for 35 years? So 20, means 20 years. Oh, in that case, jog on. He's a newcomer. <laughs> I, the, the new Paul McCartney album is not out yet, but six of the tracks have been leaked from it. All now, right. They're good. Well, I heard... I've downloaded... Uh, no, hang on a second. How do I get myself out of the, the legal you quagmire? To hear them. I happen to be walking past a young man who was playing them loud on his phone. What a naughty lawbreaker! And it wasn't very good. Oh, which is not a surprise. Before he dies, in terms of not very good, not yeah. very good like Mull of Kintyre that I actually quite like. Oh, I like Mull of Kintyre. Or not very good like Jet. Whoa, 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 Jet. No, no, no. What you've done there is you've, you've got yourself confused because Jet is a brilliant song. No. The band that I am occasionally in play Jet as a song. Oh, do you? Yes, okay. we do. But in a comedy way. No, in a, in a normal way. It's a brilliant rock song. <laughs> it's How awful. You, why is it awful? I don't know. Maybe it's Alan Partridge. I've just got visions of him bouncing off his bed in the travel tavern. Oh, you have to ignore the Partridge connotations and listen to the good pop okay, connotations. Okay, all right. Well, let me change my um, comparison then. Frog chorus. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. It's like not that. frog chorus, is it's, it? It's, it's as rubbish as the frog chorus. Oh, okay. What were we thinking in the 80s? We weren't even doing drugs in the 80s, were we? Go on, one more, and then I'm going to um, play uh, some music, then we'll speak to Dee One more. Oh, this is a serious one. Cruel oh. short visits deprive elderly of dignity and care. More councils tell staff to stay just 15 minutes. Yeah. Could we end on a happier one? Um, OK, uh-huh. My mum used to get care visits. They were 15 minutes. Yeah, my grand did. can't they do to, anything. They didn't check that she ate her dinners or anything like that. Yeah. And My mum once had it... Well, my mum had a, uh, two carers... Uh, who uh, nicked loads of her jewellery from <gasps> her and £3,000 in cash from her. They kept going and taking her bank card and going to the bank. Uh, and one of them went to prison. That was uh, we, we, we very satisfying. But also another one um, uh, didn't know how to cook pasta. So she gave her a bowl of uncooked, pa- like dry pasta. 
How could anyone think that's acceptable? Idiots. And on a light-hearted one, Catherine. An army of hedgehog nannies has been recruited across Britain to try to save the species. Um, once voted Britain's favourite creature, it's feared the hedgehog days are limited. I find that there are fewer of them squished in the road these days. Surely yeah. there are more hedgehogs living. There's one in my garden. There's two under my decking. There was a dead vole in my kitchen again. Oh, not again. Anyone say this is a rubbish song? It's one. It's wonderful, Boyle. It's that bit. It's that. It, wee, 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 wee. It, it, listen this bit. Listen. Jets. It's fantastic. It's all right. Thank you very much indeed. There you go. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you want to have your say about uh, Paul McCartney and Jets, of course you can. Let's do Dealey after quarter two, shall we? I want to give him a little bit of room to breathe. I want him to breathe. I want to finish his fag, basically.
Now, thank you. You're welcome. Now, uh, we do, Catherine and I were talking about something earlier on. Do you, do, I don't do old sweets from the 70s and your favourite TV programmes and stuff like that because it's rubbish. But do you remember these old sweets from the 70s? No, don't. Don't phone in about space hoppers and don't. But, but, they were, you could get, like, fake fags as, as sweeties. Could, you, could, you could buy toy fags that were uh, cigarettes that w- would kind of blow out smoke. And you could also buy, um, well, you could buy, like, white, sort of these white hard sticks that were supposed to be cigarettes and also chocolate ones. They came in, like, a camel package, didn't they? And they were chocolate. They were cheap. Uh, as Catherine, dusty chocolate, you call it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Wrapped in paper that I'm not sure was edible. They said you could eat it, but... No, the, you could eat the paper, but it wasn't very nice. It wasn't very nice. I used to like those those uh, chocolate ones. I thought there was something quite sophisticated about them. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't... Can you still buy toy si- sweet cigarettes? You can buy those ones. Those ones you were talking about that were white, hard. They're called candy sticks now. And right. you still... I think you still get a little card, a picture card, because you used to get, like, footballers and yeah. Spider-Man when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but it had a pink bit on the end so, so it looked like a lit cigarette but I think these days they're just white which you know pointless really well it is pointless if you're going to have a fake cigarette have a, have a one that looks Make like a good re- yeah exactly now the reason we're talking about this is you've got a little girl how old is your little girl five and what was she do- what did you catch her doing at the weekend not, not having a cigarette no she was sitting on the end of the sofa and I could hear <sighs> I said what are you doing oh she had a straw yeah she was smoking the straw well she could have been doing worse things with a straw <laughs> None of us smoke in our house. My parents don't smoke. My in-laws don't smoke. You know, no one smokes. But I think it's because we went to Spain recently. Oh. And Spain smokes. It's an Olympic sport over there. <laughs> Those filthy continentals. They're always puffing away. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm blowing fire. I said, OK. Wow. I thought, you know, I, at that moment I thought, well, how do I handle this as a witty mother? I said, yes. well, you can go and stand outside and you stink. Oh, well, hang on, sorry. <laughs> uh, what, what, social services? Well, I got you, in on the game. You told a five-year-old she stinks. <laughs> You're creating shame in a five-year-old when she should be loved. I said that that's still... I said, honestly, that blowing fire is very bad for you. It makes you smelly and it makes you poorly. And if you are going to do that, you need to go and stand outside. You've got cancer now. <laughs> You've got cancer and you're going to die. Yeah, but she handled it quite well. She said, it's yeah. only pretend, mummy. It's only pretend. I know what you need to do. I've got, I know exactly what you need to do. You need to get some um, plasters and stick them on her arm. <laughs> as uh, pr- pr- pretend <laughs> nicotine patches. That's what you need to do. I've got some Hello Kitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> what they do? Uh, the, the, Catherine, thank you for that. 08459 455 555. It, it raises an interesting thing, doesn't it? An interesting point. What, what, if your kids have mocked the behaviour, not just of Spaniards, but of family members, or indeed you, I used to pretend to smoke. My dad was a very heavy smoker, and for, for a long time I did smoke. Uh, but how do you stop them doing that? Because it does look, you, they, they copy what the adults do even spanish adults they copy what they do how on earth would you cope if you see your little child i mean she could have been you know but so that was quite lucky that it was just smoking how do you cope if your child is doing that oh eight four five nine four double five five double five i've got boys now but my oldest is three and a half and he's started to spot people smoking Daddy, what's that person doing? Oh, I don't know what to say. I genuinely don't know what to say. I don't want to introduce the concept of smoking. I don't want to even go there and say, oh, it's dirty and it's bad. I don't know what to say. So when my child... Well, it does make you smelly. You're right, it makes you stinky. But when a child says to you, what's that? What's, what's that? What's smoking? What's that person putting in his mouth and breathing out smoke? What did you say to your kids? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Let's get the travel now with Adam. <laughs> 
Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. No sign of the fog or mist lifting yet this morning. Driving conditions not great out there. People do seem to be taking it easy though because the M1 is slower than it usually is. It's quite busy southbound from Junction 11 at the A505 down toward 9 at Redbourne. But just make sure to be that little bit extra careful this morning, everyone. The A1M past Stevenage on the London-bound side is looking slow as well. It's quite busy on the M25. We've got problems anti-clockwise. Two lanes are closed. Severe delays because of a car that's overturned. They're continuing with the recovery work between Enfield and Potter's Bar. It's slow back into Essex as far as the M11. It's delays of nearly two hours. It's taking about two hours to get from the back of the queue to the front of it. They had to hold traffic just after the Homesdale Tunnel in order to start the recovery work. And lane three is open past the scene, but you're going to find it very slow going. Problems in Wing. The A418 Aylesbury Road. An accident at Church Street. Police are on their way to investigate that. If you're going across to the M11 southbound, there's a lane closed, a three-mile queue approaching an accident between Harlow and the M25. First Capital Connect on the trains disrupted Stevenage to King's Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate. This is a broken-down train at Alexandra Palace. The London-bound slow line has been blocked. Services are not able to stop at Alexandra Palace at the minute. And delays of up to 15 minutes are expected. There are also delays for East Midlands train services. They've got overrunning engineering works further up their lines between Leicester and Market Harbour. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank Thank you very much, Adam. 6.47, it's Monday the 7th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The number of people getting home care for just 15 minutes at a time is rising. That's according to Leonard Cheshire Disability. A new national task force is being launched today to tackle serious and organised crime. The weather will be mostly uh, misty at first, but dry and sunny throughout the day. Coming up, sing hosannas. I can take off the towel that's been covering my television for the last six months. The greatest TV programme of all time is coming back and it's being filmed in Luton. We should be proud of ourselves. What is it? I will tell you shortly. Before that, let's get the latest weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, we haven't got any weather, so let's have a bit of this. It's been another amazing year for British sporting talent. And Andy Murray, 6-4, has only gone and done it. But who are our unsung sporting heroes? Every year, the BBC recognises people across the UK who aren't stars, but simply go that extra mile. They inspire people to take part in sport in all our local communities. And for no reward. Chris Froome is the champion of this 100th Tour de France. It's a second British victory inside 12 months. Let us know your sporting unsung hero now. Go to bbc.co.uk slash unsung hero to download a nomination form. Closing date is Wednesday, October the 16th. They all deserve our support. 08459 455 555 TV is a a dire and dull place apart from tonight if you live in the London region and watch the London version of Inside Out because I'm on it but otherwise it's not really worth watching at all It's, it's a load of old tosh on there or is it? Good news, fans of excellent television, because if you like to see celebrities being slid into swimming pools like Free Willy, bad news, though, if you've paid to use Luton's new uh, and shiny sports village. Splash! 
is returning to our screens in January and it'll be filmed again in Stopsley, which means two months of disruption for anyone who saw the last series and felt as inspired to sign up for classes as Luton Borough Council hoped they would. Well, the council still won't tell us how much they're making out of the deal. You can bet it's a few quid. You can bet it's not quite as much as it was last time. Mm. Uh, But they insist all profits are being poured into facilities. We can cross now to our water sports correspondent, Justin Dilley. Good morning, Justin. Justin? 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 I'm trying all of them, and he's not there. Justin, where on earth are you? We'll hunt down Justin Dealey as quickly as we can. I I I want your views on this. I genuinely think that this is a fantastic TV show. I'm a huge fan of it, and was was very disappointed uh, when there was talk that it might not be uh, at, um, in Luton anymore. There was talk of them going to the um, Olympic pool. We'll have none of that, for goodness sakes. We want it. We want it here. Well, 08459 double five five double five. Luton, Justin, are you there? Morning, boss. Hello, sir. Good to uh, speak to you. And good to have you back. Well, it, uh, listen, you said some very nice things about me this morning, and mm. uh, as a result of that, I will be telling you my Matt, or indeed Luke Goss stories, <laughs> yes. a little bit later on in the show. I've had, I've had a run-in with one of the Bross boys. Yeah, well, James Well is uh, best friends with the Bross boy, with, with boys. The Bross boss. Yes, yes. yes. the Bross boss, yes. Well, listen, yes. It's, it's good to be back, and thank you for making can be feel so welcome, although there was no need for that full-on kiss on the lips. <laughs> that was just awkward. It was enjoyable, though. Now, listen, uh, uh, you and I both think genuinely, our tongues are not in the, our cheeks, that Splash is a wonderful television programme. Oh, do you know what, Splash? I absolutely loved it. Who would not be excited about this TV show? Primetime ITV TV show. Average audience of, what, 5.6 million viewers. Z-list celebrities such as Eddie the Eagle, Eddie the Eagle Edwards jumping off diving boards. Who would not be into that come on you say Z-list. There were some big stars. Omar Jalili was in The Mummy too. Omar Jalili. Um, who else? Uh, Joey Essex we had. We had uh, Linda Barker, of course, um, presented by Vernon Kane, Gabby Logan. I loved it. I thought, you know what, as a TV show, uh, as, as a weekend Saturday night primetime TV show, it ticks all of my boxes. Now, you've been speaking to people uh, at the Sports Centre um, in, in Luton. Are they excited? They are, actually. Uh, this was announced on Friday. It's filmed at Inspire in Stopsley. Facilities absolutely brilliant. It cost uh, £26 million pounds, uh, to build that new sports centre. So I was there on Friday when it was announced it was coming back to Luton. And Ian, here's what people had to say. Splash is coming back. Are you excited? Very excited, yes. Yeah? I watched the, episode, the first one, so that was good. Yeah, mm. really good. Puts Luton on the map? It certainly does, and it's good for children. It's inspirational and uh, encourages diving. He's just started dive gym. He's three, so it's getting him thinking about diving and mm. swimming so it's all good so your young lad here did he come diving off the back of watching that tv show well i think it certainly helped because he watched it and he was inspired by it oh, and this is great he, yeah so he's he wanted to do diving and he swims every week we go swimming and um so he does diving with david and harry and mm. in the dive gym so hopefully soon we'll get him in the real pool won't we on the boards mm. bob and uh, tom daly in his speedos can you score him out of 10 Probably, yeah, a nine and a half. Mm, you haven't seen me and my speedos yet. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Oh, I love Splash. It's exciting, you know. Something different coming to the town. It's, it's good, yeah. Mm, Bit yeah. of fun. And when you're watching TV and they're saying live from Lucen, does that make you feel good about your town? Of course it does, absolutely. I live up the road in Stopsley, not far from here. So, yeah, of course it does, absolutely. It's great, it's great for the town and it's great for the, that we've had the swimming pool built here. Maureen, Splash is coming back. How do you feel yes. about that? Well, I hope to get a ticket. It was, it was really great. I think it's great for Luton, great for Inspire. 
and um, it was fun. I mean, you say you hoped to get a ticket. Did you get a ticket last year? Yes, then? I did. I came on the very first day, and it was massively oversubscribed. Mm. But we were given the chance to reapply. And describe the atmosphere inside the pool that night. Crazy. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, people were shouting. Yeah. People had banners. Um, they were all dressed up. So you see this as fantastic news for Luton, then? (laughs) Yes, it is. And anything good for Luton is great. (laughs) We need it. Any promotion to the town is wonderful. And more tourists we get, the more people we get, the more revenue and more businesses. So... Well, I'm not sure exactly how many tourists will be uh, attracted because of Splash. Lots of positive voices there, Justin. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot of people uh, are really up for this. Of course, having their town on national TV is a great thing. But but where there's good, there will be bad as well. Ah. Later, you're going to be hearing from Louise. Now, she has three children who swim for Team Lucen. Now, when the show is filmed for those eight weeks in January and February of next year, her children, they can't use the pool on a Friday or a Saturday because they're either using using it when the show's live or they're setting up the studio in that pool. She's paying over £100 a month for her three children to use that pool. Ouch. Now, she hasn't been offered any form of refund by Lucenborough Council because she can't use the pools on those particular days. So, they've had the problems before. Uh, now the TV show's coming back, they will experience all those problems once again and, quite frankly, she's not happy. Justin, thank you very much indeed. The serious side of a splash there, 08459 555 Oh, news from Bear. Not quite sure how that happened. That was supposed to be Cher, for goodness sakes. Let's see if we can find Cher again, shall we? So I'm really looking forward to hearing her new single. No, that won't work. Let's, don't, don't, don't worry, we've got computer technology here. We can do these kind of things. So I put that there, right, and then press this button. Better be worth it. After all the effort. Oh, it's a ballad. Oh, well done if you've just tuned in without wanting to. Oh, sure, you can blame her. She's had a tough time, what with Sunny and everything, so, you know. These clouds aren't going nowhere, darling. Rain keeps coming down. I just thought I'd try to call you. For you got too far. you get this message that I'm leaving for you Cause I'd hate that you left without hearing the words that I needed you to And I hope you find it What you're looking for I hope it's everything you dreamed your life could be And so much more Supposed to hang around and wait forever. Last words that I said, but that was nothing but a broken heart talking, darling. You know it wasn't what I meant. Call me up, let me know that you got. 
from Cher well yeah you know listen as long as it keeps her happy she's an old lady let her get on with it if you do live near Cher go and knock on the door mate she's alright it's getting cold out there okay what you looking for enough of that though oh now Cher's playing again oh I can't get the travel oh for goodness sakes listen you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to do Acapulco I'm afraid Adam alright no worries yeah no worries blame Cher Problems on the M25. Anti-clockwise, two lanes are closed. This is an overturned car. They're still doing the recovery work between Enfield and Potter's Bar. So it says you go into the roadworks section and there are delays of what looks like about two hours. It's a big queue back beyond the M11. It's taking on average two hours to get through if you're at the back of it. Lane three is the only lane open past the scene. The M1 southbound is busy from Junction 11 at the A505 towards 9 at Redbourne. The A418 in Wing. We have reports of an accident at Church Street. Sketchy details on that one still. Police on their way to investigate. If you're going across to the M11, southbound, one lane closed. This is a five-mile queue approaching an accident now between Harlow and the M25. Still very foggy around there and very foggy generally this morning. First Capital Connect, disruption, Stevenage to King's Cross, Welling Garden City to Moorgate. It's a broken down train, Alexandra Palace. East Midlands trains have problems further up their line. Overrunning works, Leicester to Market Harbour. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Sorry for the confusion. I was Googling, does Paul McCartney wear a wig? I genuinely was. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines concern about short home care visits, a new task force to tackle organised crime, and a Wolverton baby clinic could be forced to close. BBC Three Counties Radio. A leading charity says the number of people having home care visits restricted to just 15 minutes has increased significantly. A survey has found that two-thirds of councils allow 15-minute visits, despite concerns they're not long enough. The chief executive of Leonard Cheshire Disability, Claire Pelham, says those most in need are being let down. We're treating disabled and older people as if they're robots to be serviced rather than real people who deserve to be treated with kindness and consideration. And it's simply not possible to support somebody to get dressed, have a bath and have breakfast in 15 minutes. It just isn't. A new organisation is being launched this morning to tackle the threat from organised criminal gangs. The National Crime Agency will also deal with border policing, child protection and cybercrime. Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, says he welcomes the support the NCA will provide, but isn't expecting any major changes. This is really a a rebranding exercise. And, you know, it is a a bit of a concern that the NCA is going to be operating with less of a budget than the, uh, the agencies it's taking over from had. So, you know, I don't think we're going to, I don't think the change is going to be that dramatic. 
More police officers in Milton Keynes will be carrying tasers from today. Before now, only firearms officers were allowed to use the devices. A baby clinic in Wolverton could be forced to close. The town's new health centre was going to home the facility when the old centre was closed, but a seminar room has been included instead. Mothers in the town are unhappy they'll have to take their children to New Bradwell and Fuller Slade. I think this is going to be a massive uh, effect on mums in the local area. Our town is getting bigger as the years go on it's such an important facility that we need in the area to make sure mums get the help they need you know at this very important time the government's being accused of failing people with eating disorders with some patients having to wait long periods before getting treatment while there are waiting time targets for physical health problems mental health issues are currently excluded Catherine burns reports the charity beat asked 331 people who've had outpatient treatment for eating disorders how long they waited to get help. 26% said they were still on waiting lists after six months. 8% claimed they hadn't received help after a year. And 22% said they paid for private treatment. The Health Minister, Norman Lamb, says this is a very urgent priority. His aim is to bring in maximum waiting times by 2015. In sport, Arsenal are top of the Premiership on goals scored after a one-all draw against West Brom. And in rugby, the Bedford Blues lost by 27 points to 45 against Bristol in the Championship. The weather for bedtime and Bucks will be misty at first but staying dry and sunny throughout the day. Top temperatures around 20 degrees Celsius, that's 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash 3 counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. My computer keeps crashing at inf- uh, unfortunate moments. I'm looking at um, Facebook, and someone has all, all I can read of a message posted is Catherine Boyle needs to sit her daughter down. That's all it says. I can't get, I can't access any more because the computer is being ridiculously slow. Um, oh. <laughs> Catherine, we're talking about Catherine's daughter um, uh, pretending to smoke straws. Catherine Boyle needs to sit her daughter down and make her smoke every straw in the packet until she's sick. That's brilliant! What do you do when your kids notice people smoking and start asking what it is or start copying it, mimicking it? What do you do? My boy's going to be four in January. He's already... He's spotted people smoking. Daddy, what are they doing? What's that thing making smoke in that woman's mouth? We hang out in classy places. I don't know what to say. What do you say to a child when they start asking those questions? 08459 455 555. Other things this morning. More tasers in Milton Keynes. Fewer police investigating organised crime. And are you happy to have Splashback? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a serious question. Not necessarily about the splashback, but the smoking. What, how, how did you stop? What did you say to your kids? How did you stop them? Because I genuinely think... I mean, I was adamant I was never going to smoke when I was a kid. Uh, and I ended up smoking. I ended up smoking roll-ups. Oh, like a, oh, like a tramp. Disgusting. 
rich, chocolatey, velvety taste of Golden Virginia. No, it was, it's horrible, really. Uh, uh, but I, I, I do think if you go in too heavy-handed with kids, oh, it's going to give you cancer, oh, it's really bad for you, oh, it's gonna... that doesn't mean anything. I don't think the pictures on the packets of cigarettes do anything either. That's not really... If they want to stop people really smoking, they need to stick a tumour on the packet of cigarettes. That's what you want on there, a real one. What do you say to kids? What did you say to your kids to stop them smoking? Oh, wait, four, five, nine. Four double five five double five. Genuine question from a concerned parent. Moi. Now, more Milton Keynes police officers will be carrying tasers from today. Until now, the device capable of stunning a suspect with 50,000 volts has only been used by firearms officers. Well, now it's being rolled out across the force to bring the number trained to use it in line with the national average. Graham Smith is chairman of the Thames Valley Police Federation and joins me now. Morning, Graham. Is this something that the that police officers have been asking for? I think most police officers... Uh uh, want to look after the public, and this is about looking after the public, ensuring the safety of the public, and also the officers. It doesn't always ensure the safety of the public, though, does it? There are cases where people have been zapped uh, for wrong reasons. Well, unless we know the exact details, we can't actually say it was for the wrong reasons. It's a, blind fella, a blind fella carrying a, a, a white stick. People thought it was a samurai sword. Yeah, you know, and I can't comment on that, because I don't really know what, what, what happened in those circumstances. But you know, Graham, Graham you, you know it happens. You know people have been zapped by accident. We, we all know that's happened. So that's, that's not keeping the, people, the public safe, is it? No, we do keep in the public safe, because actually a lot of times in a uh, difficult situation, by the production of the taser stops us having to use any more uh, force than is necessary. So actually pointing the red dot on somebody's torso, if they've got a knife or whatever weapon or whatever situation is, resolves the situation without actually using any other force. You know, if we don't have them, we'd have to strike them with batons, use CF gas, etc., which could cause more trauma to them. I'd rather get whacked with a baton than get zapped really? with 50,000 volts. Yeah, oh, 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 yes. Oh, yes. There's less chance of me wetting myself if I get whacked with a baton. What exactly is this going to mean for policing in Milton Keynes? How will it change? It, it won't change anything. Really, it won't change anything. There'll be face-to-face uh, uh, talking with people all the time. All it will ensure is that where we need a different... Uh, tool to resolve a situation it's available in probably a quicker if it won't change anything then why why is it being done it, surely it must change something yeah it will it, it, it enables that we've got the actual uh, tools to resolve co- uh, conflict situations quicker and it enables officers and the public safety to be ensured are some officers worried that this will put them in greater danger to criminals if if criminals know that the police have got tasers then they they might have a gun when perhaps they they possibly wouldn't carry a gun no i I don't think that's uh, the case at all i think officers understand what it's uh, to be used for and they honestly do not believe uh, that it will increase the use of guns by criminals. Uh, and do, do we have evidence to support that? Has research been done into that? Because I, it seems pretty obvious to me that if criminals think there's a chance of getting zapped, they're going to have something themselves. Well, I, I mean, the, the, the evidence is available. I mean, it, since we've used CS gas, uh, criminals haven't started using CS gas on us. Since we've used well, but, but, but a taser is different in that it is, uh, it, it is more of a weapon than CS gas, isn't it? It's a firearm. It's described legally as a firearm. And a CS gas is legally a firearm as well. 
so, you know, the, there's no difference in the law between CS gas and a, a taser being classified as a firearm. You know, we, we just have to, the public need to understand it's about their safety, it's about the police officer's safety. It's about resolving situations safely without uh, escalation of force. How often uh, have tasers been uh, been used in uh, in Thames Valley? I, ha- I haven't got those uh, details to hand. I- uh, if you read me back, I'll get those details to you and speak to you another time. Okay, yeah, well, that'd, that'd be interesting to, to find out. But, but I'm imagining it's quite rare. It, it, it is rare, the actual the use of it, uh, the actual discharge of it, because a lot of the situations are actually resolved without discharge. But, so, but, but, but you mean that they could be drawn uh, and, and pointed, but that's as far as it needs to go? That, ca- that, that calms the situation down? Absolutely it does. Uh, and that's... Uh, a really good method to resolve really very difficult, difficult uh, violent situations. Ever fired one? No, I haven't ever fired one. I'm, I'm quite happy with my CS gas and side handle baton, or baton as it is now. Well, if, if you're quite happy with those, why, why, why are you happy with those and not with the taser? I am happy with the taser. Uh, I don't personally want to carry one. Why not? Because I'm from a tradition, I've been a police officer for over 25 years, I'm from a tradition where when I walked the streets, which was a very, very different time, mm. all I had was a trunch and a pair of handcuffs. Uh, we've moved on in society. Society is more confrontational than it was 25 years ago. It's fascinating stuff. Graham, thank you very much for joining me this morning. Graham Smith, chairman of the Thames Valley Police Federation. It's interesting, isn't it? There have been a few incidences where people have been uh, shot with tasers the, the the blind fellow with the the white stick they thought it was a samurai sword or something is uh, is the famous one there aren't that many of them it does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable and i don't know why i couldn't give you this is what i'm hoping to to get some way clearer to to understanding by nine o'clock this morning and i need your help with this please oh eight four five nine four double five five double five it makes me uncomfortable but i don't know why I don't have a strong argument as to why I am, I guess, against this. I don't have a strong argument. If you were to phone me up and challenge me, it's one of those ones I would be on the back foot. It doesn't happen very often, but I would be on the back foot today. There's just something about it that doesn't feel right. (laughs) And that's not a strong enough argument in a court of law, is it, my lad? What, What do you think? Are you concerned about uh, more police in Milton Keynes. And when I say more, it's going to bring it in line with the national average. So it's not as if Milton Keynes is, you know, outstripping the rest of the country. More police in Milton Keynes will be carrying tasers. It's about 11%, something like that. Does that concern you at all? Or do you think, no, actually, it's a cracking idea. Good. It'll make the place, it'll make the streets a lot safer. If you do think it will make the streets safer, could you give me a call and convince me, let me know why... 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call on that, you can also uh, send me a text. Uh, 81333, start your text, 3CR. It, it, normally, I have quite a strong argument one way or the other about things. I have a feeling about this, but not a particularly strong argument. John's in Milton Keynes. John, do you feel safer knowing there'll be more police on the streets with tasers? I think so, uh, but having said that, I was listening to the uh, officer from the Police Federation, and I think it's a fairly well-known fact that firearms are easy or can be easy to obtain. So there might be a bit of a conflict there. 
What, uh, are you concerned that, that, that more criminals might arm themselves as a result of police having tasers? Yeah, exactly so. See, that's kind of my, my fear. I have no evidence to back that up apart from what I've seen in the movies. It's a strange one, this, John. I have no scientific evidence, no, no imperial data, nothing like that. I just have a feeling, and my feeling is I'm not very comfortable with this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree with you. John, are you the John that we um, sent the Chaz and Dave CD to? Yes, indeed. It arrived uh, a few days ago, uh, and I uh, haven't uh, stopped playing it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's just the one track. Yes, it's uh, just the single. Sorry about that. It, hey, don't worry about that, no. Because the, the complete uh, CD is being released on the 28th of October. I've oh. made inquiries. 28th oh. of October. Yeah. Well, listen, if I get sent the album, John... Once I've taped it, you, uh, sorry, if I get sent the album, John, I'll send it to you. Excellent. I don't know if, I've, I've not heard if I'm being sent the album, but if it pops up in my pigeonhole, then you can have it, sir. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Ian. John, thank you very much indeed. There we go. John and I have bonded over Tasers and Chaz and Dave. Chasers. There we go. You see? You see? Thank you, John. People said that record was rubbish. They were wrong. 08459 455 505. Tasers. The police being armed with tasers. I... I I don't have an argument as to why I think it's bad, but I do think it's bad. If you're a copper, could you give me a call? We, we, we spoke to Graham Smith, chairman of the Thames Valley Police Federation. He said that most officers are happy with this. I always thought police were a little bit reluctant to be armed to, a, to, to, to any greater degree than they already are. What if you are a police officer or if you know one? How do you feel about the, the prospect of possibly having something else to weigh you down? It's going to stop you running after crooks because you're going to be a little bit heavier, but you can zap them. 08459 455 555. 7.15, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've just had an update from the police on the A418. They went to investigate that accident that was reported as being near Wing. It's actually a bit closer to Beerton. They're on the scene now. It's at the Rosham Road junction, and they're directing traffic at the moment around that accident. The M1 southbound, slow moving from Junction 11 at the A505 toward 9 at Redbourne. The A5 there. The A1M, slow from Stevenage, Junction 8 to 7. The M11, if you're going across, expect delays. Six miles of queues after an accident earlier. That was before the M25. The congestion almost halfway back to Stansted and Bishop Stortford at Junction 8, although all lanes have reopened, so hopefully that traffic will start to ease. Got uh, problems now. We've just literally had problems reported further back on the M1. A breakdown from Junction 11 toward Junction 10 on the southbound side. There's one lane blocked by that, so that's going to be contributing to the already busy stretch there from Junction 11 down toward Junction 9. Still very foggy out there this morning as well, so people are driving a little bit more carefully. Make sure you've got your headlights on and do take it that little bit more easily because driving conditions are not perfect and visibility is not great. M25, anti-clockwise, severe delays. This is an overturned vehicle between Enfield and Potter's Bar. It's slow back into Essex and for people joining the back of the queue, it's taking nearly two hours to get through. All lanes have now reopened, but it's still very busy. Further round anti-clockwise, slow from Kings Langley at Junction 20, queuing from Maple Cross to the M40. On the trains, First Capital Connect have half-hour delays Stevenage to Kings Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate. This is because of an earlier broken-down train at Alexandra Palace. Disruption for East Midlands trains, they have issues for... Oh. ...and Market Harbour. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties... Thank you, Adam. I think you were zapped by a taser halfway through that, but we got, we got the gist. 
7.17, it's Monday the 7th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A leading care charity says the number of people getting home care visits for just 15 minutes at a time is rising. Another national task force is being launched today to tackle serious and organised crime. And a baby clinic in Wolverton could be forced to close because it's not being given space in the town's new health centre. Weather today will be misty at first but dry and sunny throughout the day. Coming up, new parents in Wolverton will have to travel further for weigh-ins from now on. We'll be speaking to Wolverton's patient group to find out how it will work. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine, the biggest local talking points. There is only one professional force that can control chemical weapons. How can we, as a civilised country, stand by and let more poor innocent children get killed? The JVS Show. Harry's in Bedford. Let's see what Harry wants to say. She knew what the laws were. She knew what she was doing. She got caught tough. I disagree with the penalty. I think that for smuggling drugs, it shouldn't be a death penalty. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. JVS is off this uh, week, but uh, the excellent Ollie Mann is coming. He, he is excellent. He, I, I've heard him do a show through the night. It's three o'clock in the morning when you don't get any callers. I've, I've heard him do that. and it, I've heard him be excellent at three in the morning without any callers. So imagine him at, at nine in the morning with you lot calling in. How good is that going to be? Looking forward to that uh, a lot. We've been talking about tasers. The uh, Milton Keynes police are going to have more tasers. It's going to bring them in line with the national average, so it's not as if um, they've gone taser crazy. Uh, Angela has called in. Morning, Angela. Good morning. Do you feel more comfortable knowing that the police will have uh, extra tasers? Um, I'm not really sure about that, um, because uh, I have a son, he's 26, and he suffers from bipolar, and uh, he was tasered by the police a couple of years ago, and they tasered him twice. Um, he, He actually got out of where he was, the hospital, you know, where he was staying. And um, they found out where he was. And uh, actually, my eldest son, um, my son with bipolar, he contacted him because he, I don't know how he managed to get his phone. And uh, my eldest son led the police to where he was hiding. And uh, my eldest son was rather upset because he said he felt that they didn't really need to use the taser, but they actually tasered him twice. Twice in uh, the same incident? That's right. What now? How, you, you're, you're son with bipolar. How old was he when this happened? Uh, Twenty-four. And how does the bipolar affect him? What what, what, do, what does he display? Well, um, I mean, now he's fine because he's the medication. He's taken it regularly, but then I think he was quite sort of hyper, mm. and he's six. Well, he's quite a skinny lad, but he's about six foot three. So, right. Um, I'm not sure whether you know they felt that he was a threat, but you know, I felt that. You know, perhaps, I mean, my elder son said there were about 10 police officers um, that subdued him, but he said he was tasered twice and they had to take him to hospital, obviously, to check him over. But, you know, I sort of felt perhaps, you know, if there were 10 officers, you know, uh, could they not have um, subdued a, you know, a young lad without tasering him twice? What was, do you know what the effect of the first taser was? Why, why they had to use a second one? Um, well, my eldest son said that they they tasered him and he sort of that sort of knocked him a bit and then I, I don't I don't think they felt that they'd completely right. subdued him but 
I mean, there were no weapons or anything involved, and I can understand the police using uh, such measures if they were weapons, but this was a young lad who they knew, they were informed, had mental problems. And was there a chance that your boy could have hurt himself? Is that possibly why they used the tasers? Um, well, he was... He was in a sort of area near, near a college and it was like an open area and there were bushes and he was hiding um, when my eldest son led them to where he was. Right. Um, I think my son, um, with bipolar, he, he was sort of telling my, my eldest son to, to bring him his car or something because, you know, he wasn't mm. thinking properly, but my eldest son decided that it would be the, the right thing to, to get the police to get him back into the hospital. Is one of the, one of the criticisms that the police often face is that they don't necessarily handle mental illness in in the, but, but particularly the right way. But I, I guess, and having not been there, and I know you weren't there, you've, you've just heard your son side. I, I would imagine that, that the police possibly felt threatened, and, and hopefully, hopefully, they felt they had no other choice. I, I, I would hate to think they did it just because it was the easier option. Yes, I mean he. I mean afterwards he said, and he, he can talk about it rational, rationally now because because he's, he's been on regular medication and he sort of seems like him, his old self. But he remembers that he was sort of, as he was pushed into the police car, he can, he's got some recollection of like bump, having bumping his head and his watch was, and his glasses were broken. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure whether this is a result of, you know, of going down after being tasered. But, you know, we were very worried about it. And I, I just felt the fact there was 10 police officers and no weapons involved, I mm. just felt it was a bit extreme. Your boy's on the men now, uh, now is he, Angela? Yes, he is. Good. He's doing very well now, thank you. Excellent. Angela, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. She's not convinced that uh, more tasers on the street is necessarily a good thing. What do you think? I, it sits uncomfortably with me, and I don't know why. I have no strong argument i have no facts i don't even i just have a feeling that more tasers is is not necessarily a good thing oh wait four five nine four double five five double five can you convince me otherwise now new parents in wolverton will have to travel further for baby weigh-ins from now on after the removal of the local service they'll have to go further afield for baby clinics despite the opening of a brand new health center and the news hasn't gone down well it's such an important facility that we need in the area to make sure mums get the help they need you know at this very important time mums in wolverton um basically if you've got to get out of the house with a small young baby it's difficult enough to be able to to have to find a new place other than the place that you've been going to for um, your antenatal care and things would just make it harder. Basically, I'm not going to be going very often. My first child, I got weighed every two weeks. Now I'm going to be going less than once a month and that's when I can actually get myself back out of the house after the school run. Well, that's uh, the voice and thoughts of some people. I'm joined now by Sarah Dockery from Wolverton's Patient Group. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Uh, how much of an issue is this going to be for parents in Wolverton? I think it's a really significant issue, and I think, I think it's important to point out that actually despite the fact that the new health centre is, is being built and about to open at the moment, this is actually more, it's a more complex decision than that. And although space was offered to the health visitors um, in the new health centre, they um, chose not to take that and to move the service to the children's centres, uh, which in itself is not a bad idea, but actually... Um, when we live in Wolverton and some of the surrounding areas, that's quite a long way away because we don't have a centre. Why did they choose not to take it? 
Um, I think there are there are lots of reasons, and I think they saw it as an opportunity to embrace, uh, according to them, government guidelines um, that bring these services together, um, which parents are not opposed to, but the parents of Warburton feel that actually this is going to have a huge effect on mothers of young babies who are now going to have to walk a mile and a half on average to their nearest centre to have their baby weighed. And uh, My boys are kind of three and two now, but I remember how important it is, particularly with the first one, to, to have somewhere that's local and nearby that you you can go and get baby weight. You can go and ask uh, uh, questions of uh, because it, it, it's a, it can be a tense time, can't it, for new parents? Absolutely. I mean, I think anyone who's been there, and, and even those who've witnessed others, will acknowledge that being a mum to a baby under a year is a, a pretty tough job, even when you're doing well and you have no complications. And we're really aware that this service is such an important service to parents, particularly in that first year. And we just feel that this is potentially going to make it harder to access and maybe those who really need it the most will be the least likely to be able to make that journey. And there might be some people, Sarah, saying, oh, well, come on, it's only a mile and a half they have to walk. What what would your reaction be to them? I think, yes, if you compare us to, to places in the world where that would be a luxury, then yes, I can see that argument. But actually, you know, I myself have got twin boys and, and a, a daughter as well. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have known which Tuesday of the month it was, let alone be able to get myself out of the house for a mile and a half walk, particularly in the early stages after having a cesarean maybe or maybe other traumas after having a baby. I think it is a significant distance. And also, Wolverton is a growing population. We have houses going up all the time and we've got a significant population growth. We grew 15 between 20, 2001 and 2011 um, you know to move these services away from the area denies the reality that we're a growing young population how old are your kids sarah uh, my boys are now seven and my daughter's four so i won't be using the service again well, no, maybe listen maybe you can help us with a question that we're, we're asking this morning uh, my, uh, but Catherine boyle who's producing the show this morning her, her young girl who's five was kind of caught pretending to smoke a straw and my little boy who's nearly four has has started spotting people smoking and saying daddy what, what what's that why is that man making smoke come out of his mouth have, have your kids spotted that and what have you said to them they have indeed spotted it and have embarrassed me more than once by saying loudly on the other side of the road is that thing that thing that you don't think people should do? <laughs> well done oh well done a really hard balance between letting them know it's maybe not such a good thing to do but equally uh, getting them to understand the time and the place to point well, it out. listen discretion is never an you know important in children cause i i don't know what to say to my boy because i don't want to say i don't want to make too big thing to a big a deal of it because it, it it might create some mystique and make it seem a little bit sexy to him maybe i don't know <laughs> it's, it's a really tricky one it is a tricky one and you're holding a protest later this morning aren't you what's what's happening well some of the mums in Wolverton have uh, arranged to gather on, on the green, not not at the health centre, but just opposite the health centre on the rays, um, which the patient participation group in Wolverton, which I'm chair of, are, are supporting them to do that to represent their views. Although we're keen to say that actually the health centre are really not a part of this decision-making process because the health visitors um, belong to the Milton Keynes Community Health Service. So we're hopefully targeting, helping parents to target their frustrations at the Milton Keynes Community Health Service to hopefully see some change at a higher level that will affect and change this decision because it has already been implemented unfortunately. Sarah, thank you very much indeed. Sarah Dockery from Wolverton's patient group. We did contact the Milton Keynes Community Health Service for uh, a comment but they didn't come back to us. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. If you've got any tips on what I can say to my boys, they're fascinating. It looks cool to a four-year-old boy. Someone blowing, someone sucking on a stick and then blowing smoke out of their mouth. That looks cool. Of course it looks cool. I don't know, what's that man doing? Making smoke coming from his mouth. Don't look at it. I don't know what to... I've got no idea what to say. Any tips on that would be good. 
Uh, and also, how do you feel about more tasers being introduced into Milton Keynes? 08459 455555. Let's get the travel now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still got problems in Beerton, the Aylesbury to Wing Road, the A418. Uh, this is still partly blocked by an accident at Rosham Road with police on the scene and having to direct traffic past because it's partly blocked both ways. So having to let traffic take it in turns to get through there. Better news for the M1 because we had a broken down vehicle between the A505 and Junction 10 at the Luton Airport Spur. Junctions 11 and 10, that is now gone and all lanes are open. But you're still going to find it generally very slow going on the M1 southbound from Junction 11, roughly down to Junction 9 at Redbourne. The A5 on the speed sensor is starting to busy up a little bit through Dunstable as well. We've got some short queues on the A1M, slow-moving traffic as you go past Stephen at Junction 8 to 7. Then into London, delays on the A1 in the usual spot. It's Stirling Corner down toward Apex Corner and onwards toward Mill Hill. Problems on the M11, still a six-mile queue from roughly halfway back as far as Stansted and Bishop Stortford, Junction 8, all the way down toward the M25 after an accident earlier. That has now cleared as well. On the M25 anti-clockwise we had the overturned car which has now been recovered but it still caused long delays back along the anti-clockwise M25 from roughly Potter's Bar into Essex. It's looking very very slow. We've now also got a broken down vehicle in those queues between Enfield and Potter's Bar so almost exactly where the accident happened earlier. Further around the M25 it's slow past Kings Langley and past Maple Cross toward the M40. You have half hour delays for First Capital Connect, Stevenage to Kings Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate this morning after a train broke down at Alexandra Palace. They've also had a signalling problem at Hatfield. And East Midlands trains disruption further up the lines and this is all because of overrunning engineering works between Leicester and Market Harborough. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, the number of people who see carers for just 15 minutes has gone up, according to Leonard Cheshire Disability. It says two-thirds of councils allow 15-minute home care visits, despite concerns they're not long enough. A new organisation is being launched to tackle the threat from organised criminal gangs. The National Crime Agency will also deal with border policing, child protection and cybercrime. And another series of the TV show Splash with Tom Daly will be filmed in Luton. Luton Borough Council says any money it makes from the show will be used to improve the town's sports facilities. The weather will be misty at first but staying dry and sunny throughout the day. Top temperatures around 20 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsenal the top of the Premier League table on goals difference after a one-all draw with West Brom. The Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger is pleased with their 11-match unbeaten run. West Brom uh, confirmed today the great performance they had at Man United last week and uh, one nil down was a hell of a task for us to come back. They've shown character and you would say that overall uh, the draw is a fair result uh, of a very good game. But uh, in the last half an hour, I think we had the chances to score second. Luton Town say they need the support of all their fans if they're to gain promotion this season. The Hatters invited a supporter into their after-match huddle following the 4-3 win over Halifax on Saturday. Coach Hakan Heretin explains why they allowed Mark Baldwin to be there. We have an ethos that if we're going to do something, we need everybody on side. The supporters, you know, and John instills this in every team that he goes to. The person that sells the, the tickets, the person that 
cleans the turnstiles, everybody, but everybody's got to be singing off the same sheet, and that includes the supporters. We want them behind us 100%. If we're going to be successful, they've got to play their part. And we're just showing them that we appreciate everything they do for us on a Saturday and, and a midweek game. So, you know, they play their part. And the Hatters are now preparing for tomorrow's conference trip to Aldershot. The MK Dons and Stevenage, who both lost on Saturday, are getting ready for their JPT Cup showdown, while Wickham take on Bristol City. Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth Formula One world title after winning the Korean Grand Prix. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton was fifth in the Mercedes. Vettel took the chequered flag in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull to stretch his lead to 77 points in the Drivers' Championship. Good points, for sure sure. Feels very good. I think uh, a very, very strong performance today by the whole team. Uh, very happy with that. Uh, the car, I think, was very good. But at the moment, if there's any secret, then uh, you know the only secret is that we are really focusing on one step at a time and uh, yeah, doing our homework, trying to yeah, get the best out of the car every single time. And finally, in rugby, the Bedford Blues lost by 27 points to 45 against Bristol in the Championship. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at eight. Lee, mm. you've, you've made it. I have. Have I? You've had it. I've had a tweet about you. Oh, really? Um, permission to sing it. Go on, then. Lee Agnew, do, do, push pineapple, shake the tree. You haven't really got an email about that. No, I've got. Scott has tweeted me with that. Really? <laughs> yeah. So some people have got. have got no lives. Does that. Does that make. Does that fill you with a warm That's glow? Almost a jingle. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. When people start writing songs about you, even if it's one hundred and forty characters or less, you you have been accepted and you have been welcomed. So uh, embrace that. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, we'll be celebrating the magic. Oh, I I shivered with excitement there. One of the greatest television shows of all time is back, and it's being filmed in Luton. Sing Hosannas. We'll have the latest uh, on that with Justin Dealey in a few minutes. We're also talking about tasers. Uh, More police in Milton Keynes will be having tasers from today. It sits uncomfortably with me, but I don't know why. I have no strong, sensible, rational argument with on this one. It just makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm trying to work out why, and I'm trying to work out if I'm right. 08459 455 555. Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Or do you think the streets of Milton Keynes will be safer because the police have the ability to shock someone with 50,000 volts? We've already heard one story this morning from a mum whose uh, bipolar son, who was in his early 20s, got zapped twice. 08459 455 555. And on the subject of smoking, if you've got young kids, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because smoking looks cool. There's no two ways around it. Kids are taken by the image, and the image of a man or a woman uh, sucking on a stick and blowing out smoke. It looks cool, it looks mystical, it looks magical. You'll see, now it's misty, there'll be loads of kids on their way to school doing miming, I used to do miming sucking on a cigarette with their fingers, and then blowing out the smoke, the steam. The mist, what do you call it? Mist, is mist? Yeah, why not, sure. 08459 455 555. What do I tell my kids to stop them? April's in Luton. Morning, April. Good morning. You have uh, uh, one young boy, don't you? I do, yeah. But was he four and a half? He's four and a half. I'm doing all the work for you here. Good. Yeah, he's four and a half. He must have spotted it. He has, yeah. He spots it a lot. And what do you say to him? Um, Well, as soon as he started asking about smoking, we used to tell him the truth, which was that smoking kills. We We showed him pictures of the damage it does to your lungs. Yeah. Um, 
And when he asks why he doesn't have any granddads, we explain that's the reason. Oh, blimey. But does... The, a kid at four... They don't understand what death is, do they? My my boy talks about things dying and death and stuff. He doesn't know what it means. He doesn't know that he's not immortal at the moment. Um, I don't know. I think it's very different. I think it's... When when you know that all your other kids that you play with have a granddad and yeah. then you don't have a granddad, yeah. you have to ask yourself, why don't I have a granddad? Mm. And when we explain he's died... And we have to explain them what death is. It's very difficult, I understand that. Yeah. yeah it is a difficult thing. Who's that with the cough in the background, April? <laughs> Not somebody who smokes strangely. OK, well, well, good. Make sure they don't. April, thank you very much for that. Well, April's one of the ones that kind of tells the truth. And the truth is always the best thing to say to kids. I wonder if at three and a half, four, though, telling them the gory details, if it's not too much, and if it will have an impact... Will it actually have an impact on them? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Hey, kids, ITV are going to be filming Splash in Luton next year, the, which is exciting news. I think great if you like seeing celebrity belly flops. Less great if you're a regular user of the town's brand new sports village. It's likely you'll be splashing somewhere else throughout January and February. Well, Luton Borough Council won't tell us how much revenue the deal generated for the town last time, but insists whatever money was made was poured back into facilities. Well, our water sports correspondent, Justin Dealey, is outside the Inspire Sports Village, where the show has been filmed, and where the show will be filmed again. I'm excited, Justin. Are you uh, happy about this? Morning, boss. I am very, very excited. I thought the TV show was absolutely brilliant. Uh, In my opinion, it puts Luton on the map... uh, a uh, prime time program, average audience, 5.6 million viewers. Tom Daly here in Luton, Z list celebrities on diving boards. I just thought it was brilliant. You say Z list, I put my name up for it and I didn't, I didn't get a call back. Well, you never know. This year, it might be the year for you. I, I, seriously, I, I said to my agent, I hear it pays well, but investigate. Nothing, nothing back. Not a sniff. The thing is, you'd probably do it for nothing because it looked great <laughs> fun. It was great Saturday night fun TV. Can I, Certainly better than the X Factor. Can I just say, if my agent or indeed anyone from ITV is listening, I would not do it for free. <laughs> but I would do it for very cheap compared yeah. to the others. You've been talking to people. People are genu- generally quite up for this, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, I'm here at the moment outside Inspire. First of all, the facilities here, Ian, absolutely superb. It opened last year. £26 million it cost. Some of the best diving facilities anywhere in the UK. I have been talking to people here about Splash coming back to Luton. Here's what people have had to say. Splash is coming back. Are you excited? Very excited, yes. Yeah. I watched the, episode, the first one, so that was good. Yeah, mm. really good. Puts Lucent on the map? It certainly does, and it's good for children. It's inspirational and uh, encourages diving. He's just started dive gym. He's three, so it's getting him thinking about diving and mm. swimming, so it's all good. So your young lad here, did he come diving off the back of watching that TV show? Well, I think it certainly helped because he watched it and he was inspired by it. This is great. He, yeah, so he's, he wanted to do diving and he swims. Every week we go swimming. And um, so he does diving with David and Harry and mm. in the dive gym. So hopefully soon we'll get him in the real pool, won't we, on the boards, mm. Bob? And uh, Tom Daly in his Speedos, can you score him out of ten? Probably, yeah, a nine and a half. Mm. You haven't seen me and my Speedos <laughs> yet. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Oh, I love Splash. It's exciting, you know. Something different coming to the town. It's it's good, yeah. Bit of fun. So you see this as fantastic exciting. news for Luton, then? <laughs> yes, it is. And anything good for Luton, 
It's great. <laughs> we need it. What a lot of bubbly people there. Absolutely. People certainly up for it, Ian. But not everybody is up for it. No. Um, you're about to hear from Louise Moriarty. Uh, Louise has uh, three children who swim for Team Lucen. So when filming starts again for Splash in January, her three kids, they can't use the pool, which I can see here to my left-hand side, which looks great. They can't use that pool on a Friday or a Saturday. They're either setting up the studio or they're filming the programme. She's been telling me her reaction to the fact the TV show's coming back and also the disruption that she faced last time it was here. Well, they swim quite a lot um, and they missed out on quite a lot of pool time and obviously it's coming up to the um, county championships at that time as well and um, we weren't refunded any of our money, which we obviously pay out quite a lot of money every month for them to use the pool and although Luton Borough Council made money, we didn't get any money back. So how much money are you paying every month then? £110 a month we pay for them to swim at the pool. Mm-hmm. Now they couldn't use the pool, the Olympic swimming pool, on a Friday and a Saturday, could they? Yeah, that's right, yeah, Friday. So we would miss out on the Friday training. My daughter swims for two sessions on a Friday, Friday morning and Friday evening. So obviously that's two sessions for however long it went on for, so we missed out on that. Uh, and when you spoke to the powers of the bee and you said, look, I'm paying this fee every single month, we can't use the pool on a Friday yeah. or a Saturday, I think I deserve some money back. What did they say to you? They um, said tough and they promised us actually that some of the children could go on and visit. Um, They were invited to Crystal Palace to meet Tom Daly and then they cancelled at the last second and said that the children couldn't go after all and it had already been arranged. Obviously the children were excited. How did your children feel about that? Mine weren't personally involved but a lot of the children from the club were and they were really upset that they couldn't go. So now it's coming back, you've heard the news, eight weeks in January. What's your, your first thoughts on that, and be honest? Well, I've heard that Luton Borough Council aren't disclosing how much money they're making. No, they won't. It. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're disappointed, because again, it's just before the county championships, in which come up in February and March, and obviously our children are training hard for that, and so it will affect them, their training time, they'll lose that, and yeah, if we're paying out for the pool, and then Luton Borough obviously, Council are making the money twice, aren't they? I mean, Hazel Simmons, the leader of Luton Borough Council, I, I can guarantee you right now, she will be listening to this. What is your direct message to her well to be fair to people that pay for it and if people have paid to use the pool and they're making money then they should refund some of the money back to us to to compensate would you care in the slightest that this big tv show is coming back to your town um well i don't think it had any positive effect really well we can uh, put some of those points now to trevor holden who's chief executive of luton borough council trevor will uh, parents who are affected by this be getting any form of refund Ian, good morning. Well, well, first off, we've got a lot longer planning um, time this time. We're working with the clubs. Oh, I say we. Active Luton are working with the clubs to make sure that we can reschedule as far as we can reschedule to minimise the disruption. Last time it was a much shorter notice period, and I'm not sure what arrangements Active Luton are putting in place for... for um, people who are disadvantaged. Because it's not fair, is it? If, if, if someone like that uh, lady who was speaking to, to Justin is paying 100 quid a month and not being able to get full use of the facilities, then it, the logic would imply that she should get some form of cashback, shouldn't she? Hey, I, I think you've got to look at, this is a £26 million facility, as you yep. rightly said, opened last year, paid for by the people of Luton. And last year we had such an upsurge in use This is all about health and activity for everybody across Luton. So the more people we can encourage, be they professional club swimmers or people who are just going along to get fitter, and Splash is a really, really good way of promoting it. But but, but you seem to have very 
carefully avoided the question there. If she's spending 100 quid a month on her kids coming there and she's not getting full use of the facilities, then she should get some of the money back, shouldn't she? No, I didn't avoid the question. I said right off from the start, Active Luton are planning to reschedule as much of the training facilities as possible. And I don't know what arrangements they've got in place with the individual clubs. But there's a much longer lead-in time to plan to just make sure the disruption is as minimal as well, possible. Trevor, again, with the greatest respect, you are avoiding the question. I, I, I'll try it again. If that lady is paying £100 a month for her children to swim at that pool and she is being denied access to that pool that she is paying for, then she is surely entitled to some... If she's not getting the service that she's paid for, then surely she's entitled to some form of money back, isn't she? Ian, let me try again. £26 million pool paid for by the people of Luton. This is a really, really good opportunity to get Luton on the map for all the right reasons. Trevor, Trevor, you're ignoring the question. You're ignoring... You're not answering the question. And encourage people to use the facilities. But they they can't use the facilities at certain points. If you just kind of bear with me a minute. Well, if you answer the question, Trevor, let's let's see. If if Active Luton are planning, which they are, to minimise the disruption, that's a really good thing. But there will be disruption that will affect them, so she should be receive some form of compensation for the disruption for for a service that she has paid for and she's not getting. I can't believe you're turning such a positive thing into a negative thing. Trevor, I was going to... Trevor. This is a really, really good thing for the town. Gets loose on the map for all the right reasons. Trevor. And as I've said to you a couple of times, Active Luton are working with the clubs and the like. Trevor. I can't tell you the detail of that because I don't know. You've obviously not been listening to the show the whole morning we've been celebrating the splashes coming back this interview was going to be a whole celebration of the fact that splash Fantastic. is coming back but but really you good. but the fact that you have avoided answering one very very simple question means that it hasn't been about that hey what about if i just just put it to you again active loop no don't say the same thing trevor because you're not saying anything working. Trevor, Mr Holden, Mr Holden, tell you what I don't know. I will ask you the question. I'll ask you the question one more time, Mr Holden. Help me know the answer. I'm telling you. You're not listening. You've not listened to the question, Mr Holden. You've not listened to the question. Say the question again slowly. Okay, I will do. And and really try and focus this time, Mr Holden. (laughs) If someone is paying a hundred pounds for a service they are not getting, then surely they are entitled to some form of cash back. I'm not asking about Active Luton. I'm not asking about what's happening. I'm asking that surely they're entitled to some form of recompense. That seems obvious in the world of business, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't tell you what provision Active Luton... I'm not asking asking what the provision is. Again, you're not listening. I'm asking surely the basic principle that they are entitled to some form of money back. Yeah, there are, there's plenty of time to plan this time to reduce the mitigation. But Mr Holden, if you're not going to answer the question, we'll, we'll, we'll have to end it here, I'm afraid. Well, you know, that's disappointing because this is a really, really good... I know, and we've been celebrating it all morning and your inability to answer one simple question about how your customers are affected is really disappointing. really, really good. This is going to be a really good event for the town. Mr Holden, we have been celebrating it this morning. We will continue to celebrate it this morning. But your fact... The fact that you are unable to address the concerns of your customers, your residents, your clients, I think is is a little bit rude and a little bit arrogant, to be honest. No, I don't think... I think I've been really, really clear. You've not answered the question. Question, Trevor. Active Luton are planning to mitigate the impact as far as possible. No, what you said is Active and Luton actually, are going to offer the, the least disruption possible. You've not often talked about the compensation yeah, also, for your customers. I've also said I can't tell you what detailed arrangements are in place because I don't know the detailed arrangements. That wasn't that the question. That wasn't the question, Mr but, Holden. But I can't answer your question. I've told you that I don't know the answer okay. well, the, the, to what arrangements Active that
the, 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 the puff again. The question wasn't what arrangements are in place. The question is surely people are entitled. That was the question. It wasn't about what arrangements are in place. Well, Trevor, well done. Trevor Holden, Chief Executive of Luton Borough Council. You've, you've, you've turned what was a celebratory example of what is wonderful about Luton and the wonderful fact that we are attracting huge TV companies. You've turned that into something completely different, ignoring the concerns of your residents and your customers. Oh, dear. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. A little bit late. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A4180 in Beerton still partly blocked both ways. Police on the scene at Rosham Road directing traffic after an accident. The M25 anti-clockwise, you've got a breakdown. Recovering that now in the roadworks section Enfield to Potter's Bar. On the trains, First Capital Connect, half-hour days, uh, delay Stevenage to King's Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate. There was a broken down train at Alexandra Palace. Also a signalling problem at Hatfield affecting East Coast services as well. And East Midlands trains have problems up their lines with engineering works between Leicester and Market Harbour. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. You can have your say on what just happened. 08459 455 555. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The leading care charity says the number of people getting home care visits for just 15 minutes at a time is rising. Another national task force is being launched today to tackle serious and organised crime. 08459 455 555. It's 7.50. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a bit of mist and fog around this morning. The Met Office have a yellow weather warning in place. Visibility has been considerably reduced, but it will eventually lift a rather grey day, but a warm day. The maximum temperature, 18 Celsius. Now, overnight tonight, staying cloudy. One or two mist and fog patches slightly, but a milder night. The minimum temperature down to 13 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Tomorrow night, two of our local teams meet in the Johnson's Paint Trophy. Stevenage versus MK Dons. Sends Day the wrong way, and that is game over now as far as Stevenage is concerned, I'm sure. MK Dons 4, Stevenage 1. Plus, there's also Wickham's tie at home to Bristol City. Back in towards the box, Anthony Stewart there wins ahead, a great goal! Wickham lead 2-0. And Luton's league match away to Aldershot. That is a fantastic goal, and Mark Cullen's done it again! All three games live in Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow night from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Despite what you just heard, I'm genuinely excited that Splash is coming to town. I think it's a great TV show. I think it's brilliant for, for uh, Luton, for Luton Borough Council. They'll be making a few quid out of it. Brilliant, wonderful, well done. Uh, and, and that whole interview was going to be a celebration of that. But the point has to be addressed that some people who have paid membership, quite expensive membership to that place, will not be getting full access to the facilities. So, obviously, those people are entitled to some form of compensation, aren't they? That seems an obvious thing. I wasn't asking what the compensation was going to be. I wasn't asking what, what rebates they'd get. I wasn't asking. I just wanted to bring in that surely they're entitled to something. And Mr Holden turned it into something completely different. Never mind. Now, new parents in Wolverton will have to travel further for baby clinics following the closure of their local service. This has come despite the opening of a brand new health centre in the town, which it seems it has everything but baby clinics. Well, Claire Gartside is a new mum. Her baby is 16 weeks old. Morning, Claire. Good morning. Is, is, is this your first baby? No, I've got a six-year-old who's at school with Sarah's boys, but uh, after a bad delivery with him, I've given it a bit of a rest. Right, okay. Or having another, but because I had complications the first time yep. and now the second time, I have 
difficulty getting to a clinic basically from pretty much now onwards and so so what how is this going to impact on your life well basically the clinics run first thing in the morning in effect after the school run fine no problem except for those that haven't had a rest between babies you've got to get a toddler along with you which is quite often the case if you've got a three-year-old and a two-year-old you know what dragging two of them is around like um, and it's just a case of how do you get more than even how do you, if you've got postnatal depression, how do you get out the house to go somewhere where you have to work out which Sure Start centre you're going to, which one is actually an option to get to? Are you able to stay and do other things afterwards if you've got a toddler? Because one centre in Wolverton. We can't stay and do things. At the other one, you can, but it's so oversubscribed, particularly if they're going to have a baby clinic there. How are we going to stay on to somewhere that hasn't got the room for us to stay? Quite often, you'll be telling a toddler, well, I'm sorry, I've got to... We'll, we'll go along, we'll get the baby weighed, but we'll stay on and do something special for you. And well, this is the thing, is that it's, 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 not so just about, it's, it's not just about weighing babies, is it? There, there, there is no, so much more that goes all. on in these places that, that, that they're important to, to parents, to children and to the community, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, basically, I've, to be honest, I've actually been the volunteer at the baby clinic in between children. And I see the mums come in. They're watched by the health visitors. They can see so-and-so's not been for a while. Are they Okay. They watch you and make sure you're handling things. They know which mums have been, which mums haven't. So they can keep an eye on you and make sure everyone's going well, basically. They know what's happening with the family backgrounds as well. They, if, if, you, if you have to think where to go, you're not going to turn up and they're going to lose that vital what monitoring space, in effect. They watch, they watch that you're looking after your baby right. They mm. know, yeah, there's loads of mums they can manage. But there is a minori- minority that can not know that they're doing something that they shouldn't. I, I, I would say it's not necessarily a minority. Our first baby, we'd read the books. We, you know, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Claire, we've got to end it there. Thank you very much. Claire Gartside, uh, new mum, uh, baby's 16 weeks old. We can speak now to Cathy Walker, who's the managing director of Milton Keynes Community Health Services. Cathy, what's going on here? Good morning, Ian. Um, thank you for asking me to speak to you this morning. Um, just to give you some background to what's actually happened here, we have been providing the baby clinics that Claire referred to in Wolverton for many years. Why have you decided not to? The, um, well, we haven't decided not to yet. The, um, the building that the room is currently occupied in, in Wolverton Health Centre, is closing. There is a new building, as you've mentioned already, that is open. And you've been offered a room in that, but according to Sarah Dockery from Wolverton's patient group, you, you've declined that room. What happened was the original room that we had been offered, we were very happy with. The um, subsequent room, um, for, for a number of complex reasons, that room is no longer available. The new room, we don't feel, offers the best space available for us to be able to continue to deliver the clinic in the way that we have and, and in the way that Claire has described. Um, what we had in pla- what we'd planned to do is to transfer that particular clinic into two different health centres in the Wolverton area. Um, Ten days ago, we were contacted by the local councillor who said that a number of concerns had been presented by mothers um, and young parents in terms of whether or not those um, new clinics would be available and accessible for everybody. 
So we've already agreed that we will pause the move. So at the moment, we are continuing to provide the service there. While we have that discussion with people around, are these two new venues suitable for everybody? Do we need to look at an alternative? So, sorry, is there, are you saying that there is still possibly a chance that the, the, the baby clinic in Wolverton might, might stay there, might continue there permanently? What we've said is that we're happy to have that conversation with everybody. For some people, and we have had this feedback already, for some people the two new facilities are more accessible. Um, for others, they're less accessible. So we said we'll have that conversation. We don't know if we can access a room that will be suitable in Wolverton Health Centre. Well, why is it un- why is it unsuitable the, the the new room you've been offered? What's wrong with it? It's too small. Right. Okay. Okay. And you um, you, you do need space, of and, course. And well, we do. And if if we go back to what Claire was just saying a moment ago, at the moment people um, have a larger space where they can circulate and meet other parents. And and that is one of the great things about the children's centres. Actually, these are uh, purposely designed environments where people can also access other information like benefits, return to work information and meet other parents. So clearly it's really important. As you said, it's not just about going in and, and weighing a baby. It is about all the other services that come with that. So we do need to make sure that we've got a space that's suitable, suitable for toddlers and also for people to meet with each other. Cathy, thank you very much for your time this morning. Cathy Walker, Managing Director of Milton Keynes Community Health Services. 08459 455 555. Despite uh, talking to Mr Holden earlier on, we're still celebrating the magic of Splash. Still very, very excited by it. I, I, I put myself up for it. I didn't get a call back. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'll still be watching it. Are you excited about Splash coming back? 08459 455 555. What do you say to your kids when they spot grown-ups smoking cigarettes? How do you stop it? It looks cool. Of course it looks cool to a four-year-old. A grown man blowing smoke? How do you stop that? 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the speed centres, it's slow going on the A1 from St Neots to the Black Cat roundabout. Delays on the A1M past Stevenage, almost back as far as Letchworth, looking slow now. And then the A1 into London is still busy in the usual spot through Boreham down to Mill Hill Circus. If you're using the M1 this morning, it's a slow going prospect from Junction 11 at the A505 down toward 9 at Redbourne for the A5. And on the A5, as you go through Dunstable and particularly as you go past Markgate, it's looking very, very busy. Leighton Buzzard a little bit slow on the A505. Problems on the A418 near Beer. There's an accident. Police are still on the scene directing traffic both ways past that. If you're going across to the M11, queues after an accident earlier this morning, about five mile delay still from Stansted down toward Harlow. M25 anti-clockwise, one lane's closed in the roadworks section, a broken down vehicle still being recovered. And then it's very slow from the M1 round to the M40. Problems for First Capital Connect, 45 minute delay, Stevenage to King's Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate. There was a broken down train at Alexandra Palace and a signalling problem at Hatfield. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. More police in Milton Keynes from today will be carrying tasers. What do you think about that? Does that concern you at all? We'll speak more after the news with Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 
8 o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines concern about short home care visits, a new task force to tackle organised crime launches today, and parents upset about Wolverton baby clinic closure. BBC Three Counties Radio. A leading charity says the number of people having home care visits restricted to just 15 minutes has increased significantly. A survey has found that two-thirds of councils allow 15-minute visits, despite concerns they're not long enough. The chief executive of Leonard Cheshire Disability, Claire Pelham says those most in need are being let down. We're treating disabled and older people as if they're robots to be serviced rather than real people who deserve to be treated with kindness and consideration. And it's simply not possible to support somebody to get dressed, have a bath and have breakfast in 15 minutes. It just isn't. A new organisation is being launched this morning to tackle the threat from organised criminal gangs. The National Crime Agency will also deal with border policing, child protection and cybercrime. Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, says he welcomes the support the NCA will provide, but isn't expecting any major changes. This is really a a rebranding exercise. And, you know, it is a a bit of a concern that the NCA is going to be operating with less of a budget than the the agencies it's taking over from had. So, you know, I don't think we're going to, I don't think the change is going to be that dramatic. More police officers in Milton Keynes will be carrying tasers from today. Up until now, only firearms officers have been allowed to use the devices. Graham Smith from the Thames Valley Police Federation says tasers stop them using more force than is necessary. Actually pointing the red dot on somebody's torso, if they've got a knife or whatever weapon or whatever situation is, resolves the situation without actually using any other force. You know, if we don't have them, we'd have to strike them with batons, use CF gas, etc., which could cause more trauma to New parents in Wolverton will have to travel outside the town after a decision to close its baby clinic. The community health team has decided not to base itself in the town's new health centre. Another series of the TV show Splash with Tom Daly will be filmed in Luton. It means another two months of disruption at the Inspire Sports Centre in Stopsley. But Trevor Holden, the chief executive of Luton Borough Council, told Ian Lee the show gives a big boost to sports in the town. Last year we had such an upsurge in use. This is all about health and activity for everybody across Luton. So the more people we can encourage, be they professional club swimmers or people who are just going along to get fitter, and Splash is a really, really good way of promoting it. In sport, Arsenal at top of the Premiership on goals scored after a one-all draw against West Brom. In Formula One, Sebastian Vettel remains on course to become world title for a fourth time after winning the Korean Grand Prix. The weather for bedsides and bugs will be misty at first, but staying dry and sunny throughout the day. Top temperatures around 20 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. We have just had the most inappropriate conversation ever <laughs> downstairs. I won't even I won't even hint at what it was. Suffice to say, well, the office will have heard at least one side of it. <laughs> very, very. We were questioning the existence of the ego and the id, dear listener, in in, in slightly base ways, but we were doing it. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been a feisty show today. Very feisty. There's an hour left to go. If you want to take part in the feist, you're more than welcome to. Today, more police officers on the streets of Milton Keynes will be carrying tasers. Does that make you feel safer? Or does it slightly concern you? Splash is back. 
And despite having a cob on after speaking to a local councillor, I'm still excited by it. It is a wonderful thing, I think. Do you agree, or are you one of those people who's going to use, lose some of your access to the facilities? And we'll talk to Delia about, I don't know, something. Him, probably. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the, the police having tasers... Uh, Normally, when I talk about something, I kind of have a strong opinion either way. Sometimes I, I you know, I, I play the impartial game, what we are supposed to do here at the BBC. I find, always find that a little bit tricky. Uh, and I quite often know what my feelings are and why I have them. Well, in this case, the case of more um, police officers having uh, tasers in Milton Keynes, I feel uncomfortable with it. It makes me feel uncomfortable that's the only word but i don't know why i have no empirical evidence i have no facts i have no data to bake that up i don't even have a particularly strong argument just feel a little uncomfortable well i'm here until nine o'clock maybe you could help me sort out my feelings oh eight four five nine four double five five double five uh kazzy's in letchworth morning kazzy good morning well what, what are your thoughts on tasers but the police having tasers does it make you feel safer I think um, you're feeling uncomfortable, as you just said, quite rightly. It does make me feel uncomfortable, but the police, if they're trained to use them in the right conditions, I don't think it's a problem. I think the police should have something to give some of these confrontational um, criminals something to fear. I think it's important that the police can protect themselves if you did two weeks' work with the police and you met up with some of these criminals that they have to deal with, I think you'd want to have something to protect yourself. If I'm walking alone at night myself and I've got to walk down a dark alley that's not lit, I would love to be able to carry something to protect myself. You don't want a taser, do you, Casey? I would carry one if, if, if it was the law and I was allowed to. Yeah. Really? I would, use it. I would use it. Yeah, I would. Well, if, if, if you want the police uh, uh, then to have tasers, why not, why not just go the whole hog and give them guns, Kazi? Because guns kill. Tasers don't. Tasers are, are something uh, the criminals have there to fear. It's something to fear. It's like a child being yep. disciplined. Years ago, we were allowed to smack our children, yep. and they, they, they feared you, that. You, you didn't want to taser them, them, did you, Quasi? Um, oh, no, 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 no. But if you've got a criminal in a situation where he's holding somebody hostage, or yep. um, something like that, then something's got to be done yep. before that victim is hurt badly. Well, we, we've got to end it there. That's Kirsty and Letchworth. Thank you very much. For that, uh, 08459 455 555. What do you think? Do you agree with, do you, do you agree with Cassie there? Do you, do you, does that make sense, her argument? 
Well, the reason we're talking about this is because from today, more police officers in Milton Keynes will be equipped with tasers. Part of a rollout across Thames Valley Police to increase the number of officers tra- trained to use the equipment, which stuns someone with 50,000 volts of electricity to figures in line with the national average. Well, Niall Cooper is from Amnesty International. Niall, Amnesty are concerned about the use of tasers. Tell me why. Uh, the big thing really goes back to... Uh, your previous caller just touched on it a little bit, but it was the level of training um, that's our big concern. As you mentioned there, the taser isn't like a little tingle you get from an electric fence. I think a lot of people have got that wrong misconception. It's a 50,000 volt assault weapon that in the States has been connected with a number of deaths. So to say that there isn't a potential for disaster to happen um, would be wrong, because there is. And obviously you'd want that sort of weapon to be in the hands of the most highly skilled trained officers. When a taser was first introduced to the UK, it was introduced as almost as a replacement for a firearm. So for that reason, Amnesty International is calling for um, all officers that carry a taser to have the same level of training as a firearm specialist. That is far, far from the case now. What kind of training do they get and, and, and what sort of training would you like them to have? At the moment, they get three days worth of training which is, which is relatively good, um, and one day a refresher. When I say relatively good, it's good if that training was then continued to the same amount of training as a firearms officer gets. A firearms officer gets months and months of training. My concern would be, I'll just, just take you back to, I don't know, the last time you did a training course or some of the people listening to this program did a training course. It could be on project management or, um, I don't know, PowerPoint. How much do you remember of that training six months down the line? Mm. The difference here is that you're not talking about putting up a nice presentation in front of, I don't know, some of your directors or something like that. You're talking about handling a potentially lethal weapon. If you make a mistake, the consequences are disastrous. And my big concern to all the policemen that are going on the streets, all the people that have got that new taser on their, their belt <laughs> as they walk around the streets of Milton Keynes today, <laughs> if they make a mistake, if something goes wrong, because they haven't had that level of training. That's just, that seems really like a, a huge, huge, huge mistake. But it, it isn't as, as uh, uh, and you say that the people have died in the States. I don't think there's any evidence that, that actually proves that, does it? it it's not as dangerous uh, as carrying a proper gun. Uh, it, it does stun people. So do, do they really need that much training? If it, if it makes the police and it makes the public safer, then surely they should be carrying it, shouldn't they? One of the things I'd like to add to that, I mean, it, it's, it's all about that level of training and, and the mistakes some mistakes that have happened. There are some quite noticeable mistakes that have happened already with taser use in the UK, which is significantly less than in the States. The kind of mistakes that have happened is there was uh, a 61-year-old blind man called Colin Farmer walking down the street, and the police officers mistook his blind man's cane for a samurai sword and tasered the guy. The guy, Colin Farmer, then described what had happened to him, what it felt like. So it felt like his um, liver was feeling like electrocuted. It went up through his kidneys and then into his brain. It felt like he was being electrocuted to death. These are his words, not mine. Uh, he described the whole experience as barbaric. That's what a taser's like. It's not something, you know, if, if it happens to you and it's because of a mistake, those sort of things are things that really worry me. Now, thank you very much. Now, uh, Cooper from Amnesty International. We're joined by Bernard Ricks who's worked as a police advisor across the country and has previously investigated the introduction of new police equipment. It's barbaric, Bernard. These things are barbaric. Well, uh, yeah, I think if you go back uh, 20 years, the police, uh, police officers just had a, 
wooden truncheon uh, that they carried as part of their pu- public safety equipment. What we've got now are a number of other items. We've got uh, the batons that came in in the early 90s. We've got CS spray that came in in the late 90s. We've now got tasers as well. They're, they're all tools. They're all parts of the police officer uh, equipment that are there for certain different types of situation. And they're there not just to make the police officer uh, safer in what they're doing, but, but make the public safer as well. There's, there's a lot of mistrust around the police at the moment in, in terms of uh, the uh, two big stories that spring to mind are uh, Plebgate and Hillsborough. I, I would imagine that lots of people don't particularly want people that aren't necessarily trusted to be armed with something that shoots 50,000 volts. The vast majority of police officers are absolutely... Um, fit for purpose in what they do they are they are entirely to be trusted and of course they do receive training as well in each of these items niall just there referred to the uh three days training that that police officers get in he says that's uh, not enough he'd he'd like to see more what do you think about that uh, it's interesting kirsty's views just a little earlier um she was she was saying that guns kill tasers don't um which of course is is absolutely critical to the the reason behind tasers being carried and police officers are very uh, extensively trained in their uh, the complete safety equipment that they carry whether it be taser baton cs spray uh, and that's there to ensure that uh, both police officers and members of the public are much safer than in the days when they just were able to carry us a, 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 a wooden truncheon bernard i appreciate your time this morning always good to talk to you thank you bernard ricks uh, worked as a police officer uh, a police advisor across the country what do you think? Uh, it sits it sits uncomfortably with me, and I don't quite know why. Am I just being a little silly sausage? I, I grew up when the, the coppers weren't armed. They had a truncheon and some handcuffs and a whistle. And that was it. And we kind of prided ourselves that we weren't like the Americans, we weren't like some of those Continentals, in that we didn't have armed police. Well, now we kind of do have armed police. 11% of the police are carrying tasers. I was with a Japanese friend uh, yesterday. We went to Windsor. Oh, Windsor, very, very nice, very posh. Uh, and we were going to go to the castle. There's a too big a queue. It's all the blooming tourists. Um, but she was surprised to see... Yes, you should book ahead. We, we, she was surprised to see a copper with a machine gun. She was like, oh, blimey, a copper with a machine gun in England. I said, well, that's kind of, she's not been in England for a long time. That's kind of what happens now. I feel a little uncomfortable about the police having tasers, but I don't know why. Can you sway me either way on this one, please? I'm, I'm keen to hear your opinions and your stories on this. 08459 455 I'm Ian Lee. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter past eight exactly. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. I'm starting with a look at the trains. First Capital Connect, 45-minute delay. Stevenage to King's Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate. Firstly, there was a broken-down train at Alexandra Palace. They have moved that, but there's now a signalling problem at Hatfield. That's also causing 20-minute delays for East Coast services running Peterborough to King's Cross. And East Midlands trains have issues up their lines. Overrunning engineering works Leicester to Market Harbour causing some late-running services to and from St Pancras. On the roads, it's still very busy around Wing and Wingrave. We had problems earlier this morning near Beerton on the A418. That is now 
clear. The accident's gone, but you can still expect delays, particularly as you go down toward Aylesbury. It's looking a little bit slow as well as you go in toward Buckingham. The A421 slow up to the total roundabout. M1 is slow moving southbound from Junction 11 at the A505 toward 9 at Redbourne. Busy on the A5 through Dunstable and through Mark Yate down toward the M1. The A1M is very busy from Junction 10 at Baldock all the way down to 7 at Stevenage. Then slow again as you go into London, Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Looking to the speed sensors around Bedford and some delays on the Bromham Road. Also looking a little bit busy from Oakley down toward Bedford this morning. The A6 busy through Clop Hill as is the A507. Uh, the 602 round Hitchin not looking too bad. Going into London then, M25 first off, we've got anti-clockwise delays. There was a broken down vehicle between Enfield and Potter's Bar in the roadworks. That's gone, but the queues are still there. And it's very slow from the M1 through to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. It's 8.16. It's Monday the 7th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Another national task force is being launched today to tackle organised crime. A leading care charity says there is a rising number of people getting home care visits lasting just 15 minutes. And a new series of Splash with Tom Daly will be filmed at Luton Swimming Pool. The weather will be misty at first but dry and sunny throughout the day. And coming up, schools have been accused of teaching on the cheap by using unqualified staff to take lessons. We'll be speaking to the Association of Teachers and Lecturers in the last half an hour of the programme. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're at home, sit back as this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the yeah. legsy, the bumsy. <laughs> You're going to start that trend. Roberto Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is off. I, I go away for a week. I'd lost my voice. I'd lost my voice, Ollie, which is, is, is very painful in this business. Well, you'd never know it now. Yeah, exactly. What it's beautiful, a- sonorous radio tones you have. I don't have my falsetto, though. Is that right? Yeah, I can't do the high register. You'd be no good at Three Counties Boot Camp. Exactly, you see. <laughs> well, Jonathan Vernon-Smith has gone off on yet another holiday. Ollie Mann is, is sitting in from... Nice to meet you. I've, I've listened to you. Your watch is too big. What's going on with that? But it's not too big. It makes well, me look a bit thinner. That's the idea. Oh, I, I see, visual it, trickery. That's what it's doing. You do look very thin these days. Yeah. Oh, hang on a second. Now I can't see the watch. Yeah. Uh, Ollie, I've, I've listened to you in various other places. Uh, it's exciting. Is this your first time here? This is my first... Actually, it's my second time in the building. Oh, um, I see. Because I did come and promote a book that I wrote in 2010 on a drive time show here. Well, they reme- obviously remembered you. Th- that's it, yeah. Must be that. Three years later. <laughs> who was that guy we had in with that book three years? Ollie, man, let's get him in. Get, he's the obvious person. It'll be worth a whole. punt. Yeah. Uh, what, what have you got on the show today? What's, what's coming up? Well, I am filling in for JVS and I'm doing it properly. I get to sound his horn later, which is a great privilege, it obviously. Is, it is an honour to, to play with his horn. Yes. yes. So I'll be doing the Consumer Champion stuff after 11. Looking forward to that. But of course, it's the big phone in at nine and this morning. 
morning we're going to be discussing well what you've been talking about on the show this morning splash uh, yeah indeed yeah should we have splash no serious subject Ian uh, we're going to be talking do you think we need more police armed with tasers uh, from this morning more police officers in Milton Keynes will be equipped with tasers Thames Valley Police are increasing the numbers of officers trained to use the equipment which is capable of stunning people with 50,000 volts of electricity and before today only firearms officers were allowed to use them so that's what we're going to be asking you today do you think we need more police armed with tasers uh, you can call 08459 455 555 you can text 81333 email the usual email address jvsshow at bbc.co.uk uh, but because I'm not actually JVS yes. even though I get his horn uh, you can tweet me personally I'm at Ollie Mann O-L-L-Y-M-A-N-N I filled in for Jonathan once which is how I, I tricked myself into this gig and I, I, I'm a big fan of the Consumer Hour but you know that you actually have to make those phone calls to those companies I think I'm because this is the BBC, in full disclosure, I think I might be passing some of that onto the team. Really? Only because I can't follow every single call that I do because I'm not going to be here next week. They made me do. They made me phone <laughs> up. Shameful, Ollie. Thank I'm you laughing very much. at you. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It'll be well worth a listen, let me uh, tell you that. 08459 455 555 is the phone number uh, if you want to give me a call, or indeed Ollie a call this morning. He puts up a good argument as well. Don't, don't think you're getting JVS light. Oh, au contraire, au contraire. Now, schools have been accused of teaching on the cheap by using unqualified staff to take lessons. According to the Association of Teachers and Lecturers, uh, assistants as well as cover supervisors are being drafted in to take classes rather than bringing in fully qualified uh, teachers. Well, Peter Morris is from ATL and he joins me now. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Uh, Peter, what exactly is going on? Well, I I would refer um, yourself and and your listeners to our survey, which can be seen online at atl.org.uk, and you'll you'll see the stark numbers. We've conducted a very comprehensive survey of our support staff members, and um, even we were surprised at the level of um, inappropriate cover that's going on in school. Well, so for those who don't have access to it, some of my listeners, what what exactly do those figures say? What, what, What kind of figures are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about a majority of cover supervisors saying that that they actually teach lessons. In their definition, they are de facto teachers for at least some of the working week, and that is just just not on. They're not qualified teachers, um, yet schools are using them, and we would say exploiting them because they're obviously paid a lot less than a qualified teacher. So, so that's the level of the problem, really, and that's throughout the country. So what are you concerned about, Peter? Are you concerned that these, uh, these cover teachers uh, uh, are being exploited, or are you concerned that um, the pupils won't be getting the, the full benefit of a fully knowledgeable teacher? We're concerned about both. Um, as ATL, we are the education union, and we represent uh, the support staff, and we also represent teachers but we're also always conscious of the um, the interest of pupils because that's what education is all about so 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 pupils are being shortchanged in the sense of 
um, they're not um, they're not always being taught by a qualified teacher, and that is something we we believe that a lot of parents and even school governors are unaware of. But also our support staff members are being are literally being shortchanged. They can earn as little as um, three hundred pounds a week, and yet they're being put in a position where they're expected to deliver lessons, mark, prepare uh, lessons, etc., etc. They are. Um, quasi-teachers, well they are teachers in all but name and that just has to be wrong as well. In terms of uh, the effect it's having on the pupils, with the national curriculum, teaching's quite easy isn't it? Isn't it? You just read a chapter from a book and you, you, you're pretty much told what to do aren't you? Oh, if, if only it was as easy as that then, um, then uh, th that would be great wouldn't it? But I'm afraid that isn't the case. Teaching requires um, you, uh, you, you need to be qualified and trained and you need the classroom experience of dealing with classes of upwards of 30 or, or more children in terms of their individual needs and, and requirements and ensuring that they get the best uh, possible value out of their, their school day and their school life. Um, the idea that it's just about reading out of a book, I think um, uh, you, you may get some feedback on that from some of your listeners, that's all I, I can say. Um, I'm sure they will very strongly disagree with you on that point. Peter, thank you very much for your time this morning. Peter Morris from ATL. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. From today, more police officers in Milton Keynes will have tasers. I think it's about 11% of the police population will have tasers. It sits uncomfortably with me. I don't know why, but it does. It... it <laughs> Something about it doesn't feel quite right. What do you think? Is, are you, is it going to make you feel safer? Will you feel any safer knowing more police in MK have got tasers? Or do you think we're actually going, we're going a little bit too far? 08459 455 555. Joy's in Leegrave. Good morning, Joy. Good morning, everybody. Nice to hear you back. Good. Look at Joy speaking to me and indeed her fans. Uh, Joy, it's nice to be back. Can I, it, it's so fr I hate taking time off work because I'm poorly. It's so frustrating. And I didn't even feel very ill. I had a headache, but it was just that I didn't have a voice. I can't imagine you sitting at home, you know, you'd be jiggling everywhere. Oh, I was jiggling, all right. Poorly. Yeah, I couldn't stop jiggling. That was <laughs> part of the problem. Uh, Joy, listen, tasers, do you feel safer knowing that more police will be carrying tasers today? No, not really. Mm. Not really. I don't think they should start. I think it's a bit start of a, something else and it gets worse and it gets stolen and other people would use them. Uh, when we were young... Um, my, my sister and I, we lived in uh, South Wales in villages, you know, going back from our, our sort of once a month a dance in the town hall. Oh, you yes. The way it was? You were jiggling about, yes. Yeah. Well, coming home, <clears throat> our grandma used to always say, now, it's dark, it's coming late, there were no taxis, no this, no that, and everything else. And we used to have to put a big hat pin in our lapel. Oh, <laughs> Grandma used to say. So you put it in, so all you'd see was a little head in the corner. And if ever you had a problem, you know, uh, oh. physically you'd never manage. But you could always pick this great big hat pin out of your lapel when you come up from a dance and you could use it if necessary. So it was like an old-fashioned rape alarm. <laughs> you'd stab... Th where would you stab them, Joy, or shouldn't I ask? Oh, anywhere I could get, I tell you. I don't think you'd have time to stop thinking about it, would you? Did you ever have to use the hat pin? No, no. Grandma says you warn them first and do it after. But anyway, nothing ever did happen. But no. it was nice to know yes. you weren't physically equipped uh, and you had something yeah. to help you. So are you suggesting, Joy, uh, Joy that the police should have hat pins? 
Is that what you're saying? Is it? Good, won't it? It'll be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. If you don't, if you don't stop messing around, young man, I'm going to stab you with my hat pin. <laughs> It might, Joy, it might work. It might be a, a more peaceful solution. Joy, thank you very much, uh, indeed. We're getting some cracking calls this morning. There's another 30-odd minutes left if you want to take part. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. We're also talking about Splash, which is coming to Luton. We had a conversation with uh, a member of Luton Borough Council. It, it, it should have been a joyful celebration of um, what's going on but it, it, it turned instead to him not acknowledging that if people are paying for a service i.e. the club members people who are paying for their children to swim there and aren't having access to it at all times and obviously they deserve some form of um, compensation or rebate let's have a look at the facebook comments uh, facebook.com forward slash bbc uh, 3cr lisa philberg philberg says utter well she says utter rubbish but uh, a little bit stronger jonathan says it's great for the town but i think it's a little extreme branding it as the greatest show of all time there's lots of other shows that would take the title name one name one show jonathan that's greater than splash seriously don't think you can he continues, I think you're deliberately looking to start a pointless debate. Well, w- w- pointless debate? What on earth are you talking about? No, why would we do such a thing? Uh, Ali says, uh, one of the greatest television shows of all time. Says who? Ali, Jonathan, listen, it's, it's all well and good you denying the facts that this is the greatest show of all time. Put up something that's better. So tell me one programme that's better than Splash. I dares ya. Tarquin says, why bother? It's rubbish. Um, 08459 455 505 is the phone number. Carolyn very quickly says, uh, I saw some of it last year. May watch this show, depending on the celebs. Would definitely watch if Ian was diving. And it does put Luton in the headlines. Good luck to all involved. Thank you, Carolyn. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Delays on the A1, first off at the Black Cat roundabout, going down toward there from St Neots, then a reasonably clear run past Sandy and Biggleswade, but it slows up as you go past Stopfold at Junction 10, down towards Stevenage at Junction 7. Looking a little slow in Clop Hill on the A6 and on the A507, it's busy. The M1 is looking slow, particularly as you go past Luton. The A5, I would say, is probably looking a bit busier from Dunstable down toward Mark Yate and then joining the M1 at Junction 9. Still slow through Wing and Wingrave after we had the problems in Beerton on the A418 earlier this morning. The accident there is gone, but some of the delays remain. Slow on various stretches of the A414, particularly into and out of Hartford. A little bit busy around London Coney as well. M25, you've got delays this morning anti-clockwise. We had a breakdown in the roadworks section. That's been moved, but it's still slow. And then it's busy as you continue round from the M1 to the M40. If you're travelling by train, First Capital Connect, 45-minute delays, Stevenage to King's Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate. This is signalling problems at Hatfield. Also affecting East Coast, King's Cross to Peterborough. And East Midlands trains have separate issues. Overrunning engineering works between Leicester and Market Harbour means some services are running late to to and from St Pancras. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's half past eight. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a new organisation is being launched to tackle the threat from organised criminal gangs. The National Crime Agency will also deal with border policing, child protection and cybercrime. New parents in Wolverton will have to travel outside the town after a decision to close its baby clinic. The community health team has decided not to base itself in the town's new health centre. And another series of the TV show Splash with Tom Daly will be filmed in Luton. It means another two months of disruption at the Inspire Sports Centre in Stopsley. The weather will be misty at first but staying dry and sunny throughout today. Tom temperatures around 20 degrees Celsius at 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger says his side showed real character coming back from a goal down to draw one all at West Brom and move top of the Premier League table. The Gunners' equaliser was scored by Harfords' Jack Wilshere. We started the second half maybe a bit slow and they had a few opportunities where, you know, if it's 2-0 it's tough to come back. We held in there and we, we defended well and with half an hour to go we nicked a goal and then, you know, we thought, you know, we could win this. We had a few chances. But at the end of the day, I think the point's fair. Luton Town says it needs the support of all their fans if they're to gain promotion this season. The Hatters invited a supporter into their after-match huddle following the 4-3 win over Halifax on Saturday. Coach Hakan Heretin explains why they allowed Mark Baldwin to be there. We have an ethos that if we're going to do something, we need everybody on side. The supporters, you know, and John instills this in every team that he goes to. The person that sells the, the tickets, the person that cleans the turnstiles, everybody, but everybody's got to be singing off the same sheet, and that includes the supporters. We want them behind us 100%. If we're going to be successful, they've got to play their part. And we're just showing them that we appreciate everything they do for us on a Saturday and and a midweek game. So, you know, they play their part. And the Hatters are now preparing for tomorrow's conference trip to Aldershot. The MK Dons and Stevenage, who both lost on Saturday, are getting ready for their JPT Cup showdown while Wickham take on Bristol City. Sebastian Vettel has extended his lead to 77 points in the Drivers' Championship after winning the Korean Grand Prix. If he wins the Japanese Grand Prix and Fernando Alonso finishes ninth or lower, he'll win the world title for the fourth time. But Christian Horner from the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull team says he's not getting carried away just yet. You know, if the moon and the stars line up and he wins the race and Fernando finishes ninth or lower, then, then theoretically, yes, he could, he could win the championship. But, um, you know, our approach in Suzuka will be exactly the same as it's been at all the other races this year, to go there to get the best out of, you know, ourselves, out of the car, out of the drivers, and um, then the championship tables tend to take care of themselves. And finally, in rugby, the Bedford Blues lost by 27 points to 45 against Bristol in the championship yesterday. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. My voice is a little bit croaky. It's, it doesn't have the full power and the full range, but it's back. It's, I hate taking time off work because I'm poorly, and I, I will normally come in under pretty much any circumstance, but I had, had literally no voice last week for a couple of days, and the remaining days it was very husky. But it's the strangest sensation, and I went to the, uh, the, the walk-in doctor in the laryngitis, you see. In the past, they'd given me antibiotics. Oh, none of that now. Wouldn't give me any this week. No, we'll, let's give it another... How long will, it, how long will this last? Could be another two to three weeks. Don't get paid if I don't work. Oh well, thanks for coming. Bye. Cheers, guys. 
last 30 minutes of the show before uh, Ollie Mann sitting in for JVS. We will be talking about Splash. You excited about Splashback? Talking, um, well, talking about all kinds of things. We're also talking about tasers. Uh, more police in Milton Keynes now, as of today, will be armed with tasers. Makes me feel uncomfortable. But I don't know why. Dennis is in Dunstable. It's another thing that makes me feel uncomfortable. Good morning, Dennis. It's lovely to hear your dulcet tones. We've really missed you. Oh, well, if I believed you, Dennis, I would be grateful. You sound a little bit bunged up. Are you all right? I'm, well, no, it's like I'm, I've not rolled out of bed very long, actually. Oh, I say. Li- However, living the Playboy lifestyle. I agree with you. Oh. Which is, that is that. We should have put the flags up for that to start oh, with. Blimey. Uh, tasers. Yep. Yeah. The police are getting overarmed. They can't move very fast. They've got a, a, a stab vest on. They've got God knows how many bits of things hanging on. They're now issuing them with iPads so they can might write their reports while they're out Sorry? on the road. The police are carrying walking around with iPads? Yeah, well, yeah they, can, they can now enter their um, paperwork while they're still no. out on the road. No, I, don't, I, I do not believe, Dennis. You must have yeah, got this wrong. No, the... They were showing it the other night. That's another one. So what's the next thing? A bazooka? They couldn't. They can't move very fast. That's why they're going to have to use tasers. They won't be able to chase anybody. They can't fight very well because they're so. have got so much stuff around them. I mean, I wonder what the rules. What the rules are? Whether you can taser somebody in the back? Because that would be. Uh, uh, if someone is turning and running away and they're doing it simply because they can't catch them because they're overweight or they're carrying all these bits and pieces, that seems a little bit uh, uh, unfair. Hit them in the buttocks. That'll, that'll uh, frighten the life out of them. Wouldn't it just? It might be quite pleasant as well. Uh, the, uh, just, this is what's happening. I mean, you know, at my age, it was a policeman with a big stick and they were a lot bigger. Yep. In those, oh, police are tiny these days. You get well, tiny right. women and short, fat men. That's right. And they can't move fast to start with. So in the end, they're bound to stand there and shoot somebody because they can't do anything about it. What about the argument, Dennis, that we have heard this morning? It will, it will make people safer. It will make you safer because criminals will be more reluctant to act if they know that the police have got tasers. No, will they? No, will they? Somebody will invent a vest now, perhaps lead, lead inside, so the tasers don't do any damage at all. But the thing, the other thing is, Ian, what would happen with somebody who's got a pacemaker in? What effect would that have a oh. shot like that? Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of people with pacemakers who were all quite young, you know, I don't mean they've they got to be ancient to have pacemakers. Have they done any research on that? How many people have they shot who's died because their pacemaker's blown up? Dennis, it's a good question. I don't know. There will be research in this, and uh, maybe if you keep listening to uh, Ollie after nine o'clock, that that information may be forthcoming. Ollie, ask someone what happens if they got pacemakers in, please. I'm keen to know. Thank you. Um, We're talking about Splash as well. Splash, the uh, wonderful... And my tongue is not in my cheek, dear listener. Wonderful TV show. I would say one of the best TV shows of all time. It's great family entertainment it had wonderful viewing figures it's back for a second series it's back in luton and for the most part this morning we've been celebrating it genuinely celebrating it we'll speak to justin Dealey later on who's been out and about getting your opinions on it we have heard one or two voices excuse me who are slightly unhappy we spoke to one mum it's got three kids they're members of the pool 100 quid a month 100 quid a month uh, and she won't get full access to the pool well obviously obviously she has to be entitled to some form of rebate doesn't she we spoke to trevor holden earlier on chief executive of luton borough council he he avoided the question slightly i think akbar's in luton good morning akbar 
Good morning, Ian. What, Good what, to have you back. Thank you. What's your take on all this uh, splash? Well, splash is a wonderful program. It's vo- it's watched uh, in my house, uh, and uh, we all enjoy it. Um, secondly, the woman deserves uh, some kind of relief from the from either from the council or from this uh, institution because she is not uh, uh, utilizing it uh, according to the terms and the conditions of her membership. It seems obvious to me. If you're paying for a service and you are not fully getting that service, then you deserve some money back. Of course, you do. Uh, Yes, of course you do. And the third thing is that uh, um, you, uh, you, there's no need for you to feel any uh, defensive about uh, uh, your conversation with Mr. Holden, uh, who, was, who was very ev- evasive and, uh, and I, I would say rude in, in, uh, while he was uh, uh, not trying to address the issue. I mean, the issue is straightforward. The woman deserves some kind of relief. And it is the yeah or no uh, sort of uh, a question, and uh, he did everything in the world to to avoid the question, and that's very regrettable. He is uh, uh, a chief executive of uh, of, a, of a borough council, and uh, I hope that he is decently paid to do a decent job. It's a shame, it's a shame, because the, the rest of that interview, it was just that one question that, that, that had a, perhaps a sl- well, not even a negative slant, it was inquisitive on behalf of my listeners. The rest of the interview was going to be celebratory about how wonderful it is for Luton, how wonderful it is that, that uh, such a, a fantastic sporting facility that's here in the three counties is going to be seen by six, seven, eight million people a week. But unfortunately, Mr Holden w- was so adamant he would avoid that question that he wouldn't uh, allow the interview to develop. Uh, Akbar, thank you very much indeed. If you missed the interview, you can always listen again uh, on the BBC iPlayer. You can go to BBC iPlayer, look for Ian Lee, it pops up. Uh, and you can listen again. And no doubt, I'm sure, the interview with Mr Holden will find its way onto the podcast this week. And I've spoken to Trevor before. And we've always got on particularly well. It's just sometimes, I guess, you, sometimes you have to answer the question. Well, have a listen. Have a listen back on iPlayer and, and uh, have a listen to the podcast at the end of the week and let me know. Maybe he did answer the question and my ears were sealed. If you want to get in touch with me anyway, at any point during uh, the show or out of hours... You can do. We get lots of our stories from you, or maybe you want to pick me up on something I said or something I didn't say. Um, then do send me an email. I, I do. I don't reply to all of them because I don't always have time. I try to, but I don't always. Um, but I do read them all, and uh, if I think someone else needs to read them as well, then I'll forward them on to the relevant parties. You can email me, ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-double-E, at bbc.co.uk, um, and it can be uh, an idea of uh, for a story, it can be something you want to pick me up on, uh, it can be anything. Don't don't pat me on the back. I, I get uncomfortable with pats on the back. I, it makes me very uh, anxious, so uh, don't do that. But if you want to have a go, oh, I'm there. Uh, Glenn is <laughs> in his car. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Ian. Glenn, what's uh, what's your take on tasers? I think a lot more police should have them. Go on, why? Well, look what's happened in Luton. Look what's happened in Milton Keynes. Look what happened to those two police officers when they went to attend that incident and they got shot and blown up. Yep. Had they got some tasers or something like that, they may have survived and... We're too soft. I know you're against it, but when you think what goes on and what people get away with, why shouldn't they get a blast of 50,000 volts? At least it'll bring them down and they can be arrested and locked up. The situation in Manchester where the two police officers were killed, they were, they were killed with gunfire and grenades, weren't they? The, 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 a they, taser they were, wouldn't have yeah. had any effect there, would it? But it might have done if they'd have seen what was going on. They were unarmed. Them yeah. police officers 
were, were totally unarmed. It didn't matter what they were shot with, a bow and arrow, they, they were doomed. Mm. But had they gone in with tasers loaded, their, their experience, at least they could have taken one out or, or, or whatever. The situation you, you referred to in Luton, the, 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 the gun crime that seems to have calmed down now, which is great, but was, 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 we were talking about every week on this show earlier in the year. And it was, right, uh, yes. But again, the, the police weren't there for a lot of the gun crime. So how would the police having tasers uh, uh, have, have stopped that, have brought that to a halt? Well, I, I used Luton as an example of, of the, the terror that people are going through. I think if there are more people, more police officers visible with tasers... I think there'd be a few different attitudes. Mm. That's my personal opinion. No, listen, Glenn, I, I, you've got me slightly wrong. I'm not, I'm not against it. it. It makes me feel uncomfortable, and that's all I've got at the moment. I don't know if I'm yeah. for or again at the moment. I just feel uncomfortable, and I'm trying to work out why, and I'm trying to get both sides of the arguments. This. So thank you very much for your opinion, Glenn. I appreciate it. Thank you. There we go, Glenn. Uh, I'm, I'm not against it. I don't think. It's a weird one. I, I just feel uncomfortable about it which would imply i suppose that i'm 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 I'm, part of me is is perhaps against it that more police officers having tasers it doesn't excite me my initial reaction is not one of yes this is great news in your face criminals not necessarily in your face it's probably illegal in your chest criminals crime's going to come down and we're going to teach you a lesson that's not my initial reaction my initial reaction is a feeling of ooh, feel a bit uncomfortable and I don't know why. I don't know why. So I need your help. Fifteen minutes left uh, of this show. Ollie's, uh, Ollie Mann is talking about this uh, after uh, after nine o'clock. But I need your help. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Why do I feel uncomfortable about the thought of police being armed with tasers? D- do you feel uncomfortable? Is it making you feel a little bit uncomfortable? Or like Glenn, who was in his car? Do you think no? It's about time. It's about time they were tooled up a little bit more. It would have had an effect on the gun crime that we've seen in Luton. It would have given those two uh, female officers who were killed in uh, Manchester uh, a, a fighting chance. I'm not sure about either of those cases, actually. I don't know if either of those things would have worked out differently if the police had tasers. 08459 four double five five double five. It's a quarter to nine. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel, I'm Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. Right, First Capital Connect. 45-minute delays. Stevenage to King's Cross and Welling Garden City to Moorgate. It's a signalling problem at Hatfield. Tickets are being taken on Greater Anglia services now. East Coast affected by this as well with 20-minute delays. King's Cross to Peterborough. East Midlands trains have issues further up their lines. Overrunning engineering works. Leicester to Market Harbour means some late-running services to and from St Pancras. On the roads, it is still very busy on the A1 at the Black Cat Roundabout. On the A1M from Stopfold down towards Stevenage, junction 10 to 7. And then you've got some queues on the M1 as you go past Toddington toward Luton. A5 looking busy from Dunstable past Mark Yate and down toward the M1. Still some traffic on the A418 between Wing and Wingrave and down toward Aylesbury after there was an accident a bit earlier this morning near Beerton. The accident gone but the delay is still very much there. Hartford and Ware is looking very very slow particularly the A414 and the A10 around there. M25 you've got delays anti-clockwise through the roadworks. There was a broken down vehicle earlier as well and from the M1 round to the M40 is starting to look very very slow particularly on the approach to the M40 there at Junction 16. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 
Right, it's 8.46. It's Monday the 7th of October. Do you remember when it was June? It'll be Christmas soon. Wow. Um, These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Another national task force is being launched today to tackle organised crime. A leading care charity says there's a rising number of people getting home care visits lasting just 15 minutes. And Luton Borough Council says a new series of Tom Daly's Splash will help boost sports in the town. Coming up, are you happy about having Splashback? Well, I am. JD is... Trevor Holden is, I think. I couldn't quite be sure. We'll find out more. But before that, with her full allotted time, it's the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. There's a bit of mist and murk around this morning. The Met Office do have a yellow weather warning in place because visibility has been reduced quite considerably by the fog in some areas. So extra care needed throughout this morning. Eventually it will start to lift, but lift into low cloud. It is a predominantly grey day, but some brighter spells this afternoon, maybe even one or two sunny spells. A light southwesterly breeze and the temperature will rise. Another warm day, maximum of around 18 or 19 Celsius. Overnight tonight, some clear spells at first, but the cloud developing quite quickly. May get one or two spots of rain, but that means it's going to be a mild night, certainly milder than the night we just had, the minimum down to around 13 or 14 Celsius. So a great start to Tuesday morning. We have got some light patchy rain making its way south and eastwards through the course of the day, just not too much, but we will start to feel it. And uh, again, another warm day, perhaps the last of the warmer days. We're looking at a maximum again of 18 or 19 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Who's a businesswoman and a broadcaster? Isn't it annoying when you just miss the end of something? Close to the headlines, there's a full bulletin at full. You have to turn the radio off. Or there's just so many interesting things, you don't have time to listen to them all. There's a lady here. Hello, have you got the treasure for me? I have the treasure. I lost him when I was 11 and he certainly made a great impression on me. Then why not use BBC iPlayer Radio? She developed a cocaine habit that cost her over £120 a day. You can listen again to our programmes and even see what our presenters look like. You like Mr Stamper from a James Bond film. Head to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and make BBC Three Counties Radio unmissable. Unmissable. And don't forget, of course, you can uh, you can do that, of course. Uh, this show also has a podcast, a weekly best of podcast. You can get it by going to the BBC Three Counties uh, uh, website and clicking on podca- podcasts. Or you can uh, go to iTunes, type in Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E, and it pops up and you subscribe to it. More police officers in Milton Keynes today will be armed with tasers, bringing them in line with the national average of about 11% of the police force. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, lots of you seem to be in favour of it. A few of you against. 08459 455 555. Andy is an ex-police officer. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Andy, what, what's your take on this? Should the police be armed with tasers? I, I don't see a problem being armed with tasers. I mean, um, the, the batons they use are just as lethal as, as, as a taser is, but you don't have to get close to somebody. But um, they need to be trained properly, um, and in the aftermath of using one, then, then they need to be scrutinised properly. Scrutinised for what? That, that, that they did it for the right purposes? That, they, that, that it hasn't affected them psychologically? Um... No, well, from the point, point of view of, of, of discharging one, you need right. to make sure that the, the person they're charged at 
but uh, um, they had a good reason to do it. Yeah. We do hear stories of police officers occasionally, very, very occasionally, shooting people that in situations where they didn't necessarily need to be shot. If, if police have got tasers, which are, are, are not necessarily lethal, could we see more of those incidents arising? I guess so, because I mean, it's, it's, it's supposed to be non-lethal force. I think I think when a firearm's drawn, the intention is to disable somebody that's that's, that's going to use lethal lethal force against an officer or somebody the officer's trying to protect. And you, you, you're an ex-copper, Andy. Would you have been comfortable walking around with uh, with a taser and your, your strapped to your belt? I think I would have done. Yeah. I mean, they used to have the old-fashioned truncheon. Yeah. Um, they weren't a lot of use to be quite frank. Um, they, they're only in use in, in uh, public order situations. Right. Uh, and, and the biggest problem with, with them was is they had a strap which went around your wrist. And when you when you pulled it out, you didn't always have a, a chance to put it around your wrist. And I, I did have a, a colleague who was disarmed once. Actually, had his baton taken off him, and, and he, was, he, was, he was battered with it. So. Andy, listen, I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. And we've been talking about this all morning. It's been, should have been a joyous embrace of a high point in television broadcasting. It, it, we got a little bogged down earlier on by um, people being upset and, and members of the council perhaps slightly avoiding a question. Although, although in, in defence, uh, we've had someone on Facebook who said, Ian, steady on, mate, you are out of order. I'm paraphrasing here while I uh, bring up the... Uh, let, let's read his direct quote. Let's, let's do fairness to Simon Franklin. Trevor Holden did answer the question. He basically said he didn't know what plans Active Luton had in place, but the lead in time allowed for extra planning. Give the man a break. Luton Borough Council, damned if they do, damned if they don't. Well, that's th- thank you for that. Uh, Simon, but Splash is coming back to our TV screens. More importantly, perhaps for us, it's going to be filmed in Luton. They were sniffing around, weren't they, Justin? They were sniffing around the uh, Olympic pool. Mm. I suspect they were asking for a little bit too much cash. Quite possibly, yeah. And of course, Luton Borough Council will not tell us how much ITV are paying them to use the Inspire Luton Sports Village. It's behind me here. It opened last year. It cost £26 million. It was paid for by the people of Luton. And some of the best facilities, certainly the best diving facilities, anywhere in the country. And the TV show itself, uh, an average audience of, what, 5.6 million viewers coming live from Luton every Saturday for eight weeks come January. You would think that's good news. But, of course, some people, Ian, they are paying this fee every single year. And during those eight weeks, they can't use the pool on a Friday or a Saturday. Now, when you spoke to Trevor Holden earlier on, he did avoid the question. Now, Luton Borough Council, they're in charge here. Yes, in Inspire Luton, you've got all the facilities here. Active Luton are running it on behalf of Luton Borough Council. So they should know what's going on, correct? I, well, I, I would think so. And I, 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 we, we have a while to sort these things out, in fairness to Mr Holden. But the question I was asking was, wasn't what will the uh, compensation be. The question was, sure, even simpler than that, surely these people are entitled to some form of compensation if the service they're paying for is not accessible to them. Mm, absolutely. Um, you know, I heard that earlier on. I thought it was quite interesting. A lot of people that, that use these facilities here won't be affected because the gym remains open. It's just the pool that yep. they use. So on a Friday, they're setting up the studio, and on a Saturday, of course, the TV show for eight weeks comes live from the pool. So I have been talking to a, a few other people this morning. A moment ago, I spoke to Dino, and this 
is what happened. Well, Dino, Splash is back, back in January. As somebody who uses that pool on a regular basis, you're going to be disrupted, and quite frankly, you're angry, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not very pleased. You know, at the end of the day, uh, <coughs> I pay a year uh, membership, you know, and I like to use the pool whenever I feel like it uh, throughout the year. And if I can't use it, uh, I'm not going to be pleased. What are your friends saying about it? Uh, they seem to be uh, pretty upset, to be honest, because some of them rely on the pool uh, as their only form of exercise. I mean, you're essentially paying for a service that, that you're not getting because yeah. you won't be able to use the pools yeah. on a Friday or a Saturday, certainly at the main pool here, and you're being offered no money back whatsoever. No. Do you think you should be offered something back for your inconvenience? Uh, yes. Uh, it's, it's not the money back. At the end of the day, we pay a year membership. Uh, <coughs> to use the pool throughout the year. Uh, money back uh, won't give us the chance to use the pool anyway. I mean, it'll be uh, some sort of help for someone, but at the end of the day, I like to use the pool more than getting my money back. Yeah. Uh, if I pay uh, for the whole year, I like to use it anytime I want throughout the year. We've heard from a few people that are saying that Luxembourg Council are ignoring our concerns, a bit like yours, a bit like Louise Moriarty that we spoke to. Do you think the local council here are, are just arrogant? Uh, the, lo the local council uh, is not really interested in sports. It's never been and never would be in you this town. You can't say that because this is here, so uh, they must be interested in sports. Not, not that not. Uh, I've been in this town uh, most of my life, and uh, I've been a sportsman all my life, and uh, they've never been interested in sports uh, at all. So what you're saying is they don't care about they you, the public? They don't care about the public, basically. That's what I say. They don't give a toss about uh, sportsmen in this town. Not just for swimming. The views of Dino, clearly not happy. So the TV show is great. Uh, certainly puts Lucent on the map, of course. But uh, unless you're using that pool, and every Friday and Saturday for those eight weeks in January and February of next year when they're filming, you will be kicked out for a load of Z-list celebrities. Well, I'm, listen, I'm thoroughly embracing it. And we'll be following this story very, very closely. And, and the council have got plenty of time to sort this out. Hmm. I'm, I, I have got faith that Luton Borough Council will sort this out so that most people are happy and are... are uh, reimbursed if indeed they're missing out. I've, well, got, I've got faith. Well, I spoke to somebody a moment ago as well who said to me, uh, we were promised uh, when this TV show happened before that it would not be coming back. Um, that was a lady who goes to the pool here five days oh, a no, week. no, no, we want it back. We want it back. Well, it's a I great thing to have here. You know, we, we do want the TV show back, but um, as somebody who uses the pool Monday to Friday, she was told this would not be coming back, and of course now it is. She's heard the news on a Friday, she can't use the pool, and she's not happy. I saw a cracking film at the weekend, Just. Oh, yeah, come on. I saw um, the, that rush about um, James Hunt, yeah. the racing. Have you seen it? Do you know what? I went to the cinema the yeah. other week. I was talking to people. I didn't go in to uh, watch the film, but everyone who came out said it was brilliant. I'm trying to remember. What's the, um, uh, Nicky? What's the name of the guy that he races against? Nicky? Oh, I'm not a big racing fan, but I know what you're talking about. Nicky? Um, not Nicky Clark. I know him. No. <laughs> Catherine? <laughs> what's the name of that racing driver that, that James Hunt races against? That Nicky? Uh, not louder. What's the name of that racing car driver <laughs> that James Hunt is racing? <laughs> yeah! Oh, I got done. <sighs> Thanks, Justin. Cheers. <sighs> Justin dodged the bullet. Catherine Boyle stepped in front and took that bullet for JD. Well done. Thanks very much indeed. Oh, it's made me smile.
literally no one else is. Oh eight uh, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number if you want to give us a call. I'm finishing now, so don't bother giving me a call. But Ollie Mann is uh, sitting in for JVS this week. Don't worry, it'll be a cracking listen. He's talking uh, about the uh, tasers and uh, asking uh, how, how comfortable you feel with the police having more tasers. It's an interesting discussion. A lot of you had your say, and I know we couldn't fit some of you on this morning. So start dialing for Ollie now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can also email JVS Show at BBC. .co.uk. Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the trains, First Capital Connect, 45-minute delays, Stevenage to King's Cross, Welling Garden City to Moorgate. It's a signalling problem at Hatfield. Greater Anglia will take your tickets. East Coast affected by that as well, 20-minute delays, King's Cross up to Peterborough. East Midlands trains disrupted because of problems further up their lines. And that's signalling problems. Overrunning engineering works have been causing all sorts of issues. Leicester to Market Harbour, late-running trains. They're going to be running into and out of St Pancras with problems for at least the next hour or so. We've had reports of an accident. London Road in Dunstable, an accident with a bike and a car involved near the Highwayman pub. It is part blocked. Police are there now, but you're going to find congestion in the area. Looking at the speed centre, still a lot of traffic on the A1. Firstly at the Black Cat roundabout southbound, then from Stotfold along the A1M down to Stevenage, into London a bit busy as well. M25 looking better on the anti-clockwise side, but still slow, slow going Excuse me, as you come down towards the M40, which at least itself is running well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. That's it, that's your lot. Don't forget, go and download the podcast, ian.lee at uh, bbc.co.uk is the email address. Till tomorrow from me, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Uh, Good morning. Uh, I'm Ollie Mann. I'm standing in for...